Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of All the Small Games, where I and my good friend John Valenzuela Hello! I fucked this up, I said I. My yeah. name is not I, it's Andrew Levins we <laughs> talk an about, I, There's we, an I in there though There is Oh boy um, Anyway, what are we talking th- about? It's the third last letter of my last name okay. For those playing at home <laughs> um, There's also an I in indie games and that is what this podcast is about, there's two I's Yes uh, In indie games There is, thank God um, for them Otherwise <laughs> they'd just be n- uh, yeah, because this podcast is all about all the small games All the small games, all the small games All that we've played in the last five weeks since we last recorded yeah. um, We waited an extra week because it was E3 Ooh. in this past week And yeah. uh, there was we knew there would be a whole bunch of announcements In fact, we probably recorded one day too early because there's going to be more announcements tomorrow Yeah, yeah Or today in, the in America The Nintendo Treehouse Yeah, so they're doing like an all-indie day which um, can be amazing. Yeah, I've been, I've been like watching a ton of their stuff for like their first party games in the last couple of days. But tomorrow is going to be hopefully a whole bunch of like Silk Song stuff. Hopefully, fucking uh, Shovel Knight shows up there, and we get yeah. a King of Cards update. We can only hope. Um, and speaking of that, uh, we opened this show with a song from the Shovel Knight soundtrack. Oh, great! Um, that is, uh, I'm trying to summon a release date for the Shovel Knight King of Cards, the, the final update to Shovel Knight. I know I'm being an entitled little fuck, yeah. but. Uh, I know I've been waiting for this game for so long, mm. and uh, I just I really, really, really want it. I want. I, I, I love I love the Shovel Knight games, and uh, that song came from the first Shovel Knight game. Um, it is uh, the song that plays in the underwater level. Um, it's called A Thousand Leagues Below um, when you fight in the, in the Iron Whale level. Cool. Um, and it was uh, composed by Manami Matsume, who was a Japanese composer who uh, guest produced a couple of um, tracks, guest composed a couple of tracks on the Shovel Knight soundtrack. The bulk of the soundtrack was produced by uh, Jake Kaufman. Cool. But uh, cool thing about Manami Matsume, best known for doing all the music on the original Mega Man. Also, the real Eminem. Oh. Mm. Manami. M. Manami. Also M. M and M. Oh, okay. That kind of works. Yeah. There's also an I in it, Manami. Oh, right. Mm. Uh, so yeah, that, that, we uh, we choose a, an indie song that we love to open every episode yeah. of this podcast, mm. um, and then we spend the rest of the episode talking about all the games that we have played in the last month. But before we do that, let's get into this E3 stuff because there were actually a lot of small games shown during this supposedly big like 
it's definitely focuses on triple A's, but a lot of great indie games kind of worm their way in. Plus, well, there are there are Prezos dedicated specifically to indie games. Yes, yeah, so, I mean it is. This is kind of what people. I mean, the whole reason Sony sat this E three out and didn't even have a conference at all at this E three was uh, because because they are probably going to announce the PS five next year. Like sure. that'll be the big year for them to make a big splash. And I guess they even though they have Death Stranding and stuff coming out this year, they just didn't think they'd be able to make as as big a wave. As to, basically couldn't didn't have enough titles to warrant a conference, and and in order mm. to avoid the criticism that came comes from ent- entitled disappointed gamers, they were just like fuck it, let's just not do it. Yeah, um, and uh, I think you could see a lot of the conferences. This is, def- this is definitely an off year um, in terms of AAI titles, true. which yeah, means true. it's indie's time to shine, which Indeed. is probably why we saw a great deal of them. Yeah, so we watched, you watched way more than me, um, almost almost all of them. Um, there was so there was an indie focus. Uh, there was a small indie focus with three indie titles, like uh, in the EA Play um, showcase. Was that uh, the one with the with, way out, dude? And with uh, the way, yeah. So yeah. that was that one was a bit disappointing because it was mainly creator interviews, right. and I haven't got anything against creator interviews. You're not just, you're looking forward to creator interview of the game. Oh, <laughs> creative interview sim- creator interview simulator is going to be huge. Um, like it's cool to it's cool to hear from them, but at the same time, like it, it didn't really. They were interspersed with flashes of gameplay, but nothing that gave you a real taste of mm-hmm. what these games were. Yep. And a few of the games they'd talked about previously. I think there's there's one there's one From, about a girl in a boat. Yeah, that was dealing like, with that, they, announced, they announced that last year. Yeah, which that looks cool, and I'm looking forward to it. Even though I can't remember what it's called. It's called Girl in a Boat. Girl in a Boat. Um, but yeah, I was sort of I, I anticipated that. The thing about indie games is that you can describe them as like matter of factly as possible, and yeah. that probably just could be the title of them. Well, the funny thing we'll talk about it in a bit, but one of the Xbox announcements for Way to the Woods, everyone's just like, "No, nah, it's called the Deer Game." <laughs> it's like, there oh. actually already is a game called the Deer oh, Game. I'm sure, too. I'm sure <laughs> there is. <laughs> um, but yeah, EA, I was kind of like, I was looking forward because they have their EA Originals program is good. I love like Unravel. It's, it, it's not ID at Xbox level but it's good mm-hmm. from a big studio it's not it's not an indie level no but yeah that was that was ultimately kind of disappointing the way they sort of dealt with it during the thing yeah. and the rest of the ea's presentation was just nothing that really yeah tickled my fancy um xbox take the route of um just cramming all of their indie titles uh in a montage into one little highlight reel for so you, xbox. if you want to actually learn anything about the games you'd have to go searching for it you have to like jot down the name of yeah. the games as you're watching the montage but that, I think it's a really crappy way to show off indies but at least they kind of at least they they do it at all and it was great <coughs> this this particular idea at xbox highlight reel it was cool to see uh, Totem Teller and Dead Static Drive, which are two indie games from Australian developers. Yep. And the game I mentioned earlier, Way to the Woods, which we'll talk about in a bit, also Australian developed. Yeah, very cool. Like some very cool Australian indie games. And to get like to get a spot at Xbox's keynote, even though they don't necessarily deal with it in an amazing way, it's still a huge thing for an indie developer. Yeah. Uh, so then you have like you, there's the Ubisoft conference, there's a Bethesda Snore. conference. You don't really get Snore. any indies in there. It's an indie-free no, zone. It's completely. Uh, you do get a free-to-play Keen, Commander Keen mobile game, <laughs> which is by I, definition a small just, game, just, but also by definition it, a shit game. It confused the shit out of me until I went, oh, that's right, Bethesda own id and id own Commander, Commander Keen. 
Because they're like, I don't know, man, do something with the Commander Keen games. I yeah, love the Commander Keen games. Make like make a cool platformer. Don't the, make some weird the shit. The best Commander Keen games, a collection of, of, of all of them. Uh, it's uh, it's like one dollar eighty. Yeah. On uh, on Steam at the moment. Yeah, super cheap. I might buy that after the after the episode. Love those games. <laughs> yeah. Um, big shout out to number four, Keen Dreams. Super weird. Keen Dreams not part of that collection, although independently published by huh. someone else who, who I guess acquired it and they've released it on Switch. Oh, cool. But it's like 15 bucks. Mm, no. Get fucked. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then you have other presentations like Kind of Funny and Kind of Funny was all indie games. <laughs> yeah, so back, kind, back kind, to front. Kind of Funny is a podcast network in San Francisco. Um, mm-hmm. Greg Miller is the and Tim Geddes who are kind of ex-IGN hosts are the kind of main driving force behind all of their shows. I listen to it. Um, kind of funny games cast and kind of funny games daily quite a lot um they're fun shows um so they 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 did a presentation last year Mm -hmm. just in the middle like to kind of make up for the fact that there was no psx sure um and uh then they were like part one of their like patreon stretch goals this january was like if we hit a certain amount we'll do a we'll do a showcase during e3 and so that's what this was yeah and Um, it was great yeah, so it was like, yeah, there was 60 indie games. 60 indie games in 48 minutes. Interspersed with them being goofballs around uh, San and Francisco. And some, like, some ge- the, the opening with Tim Schafer doing that big, like, what is an indie game? And then one of them being like, we don't have time for this, shut up. That I had a genuine laugh at. That yeah. was really fun. Genuine laughs. Not something you have many times oh, during E3 at all. Very rarely. Most of, most of the E3 presenting is naff as fuck. Although I was ironically laughing during the Bethesda one when Todd Phillips was like, you guys are passionate and you made that known to us this year. And I'm like, yeah, people fucking hated you this year. Fallout 76 was a disaster. Anyway. They're trying to save it. Do you oh, they, they can pull it up? They really are. Oh, I'm just... If I may be permitted to go on a rant for a second, I think one thing that's really... Let's hear it, King. <laughs> Let it rip. Go, go off, King. Uh, I think one thing that's really harmed E3 is that so many publishers are now doing games as a service. I mean, not just E3, just gaming Gaming in general. In general but a lot of, like, most, most of Ubisoft's presentation was taken up with, like, here's what's coming to Rainbow Six. Here's what's coming to The Division 2. Here's what's coming to For Honor. And it's like, those games are old. Mm. Like, they came out years ago for the most part, Division 2 recently. But, like, this is this is not new information for people who aren't fans of these games. But it is, like, I mean, you, you do have to think of, like, you, you, are, you should think of these E3 presentations as commercials. Essentially, so yeah. So, you know, they, do, they should be putting hype up reels for what's coming in those releases yeah, and somewhere. I, f- I find, like, but with, with PlayStation and with Xbox and sort of the console manufacturers, it's always, what's the next big thing you're going to love? Whereas with the software guys, it's, you know that thing you bought a year ago? Here's 10 more things that's... Here's 10 more weapons coming here's to the game. Here's a celebrity that's vaguely linked to it yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. That just... I found that, like, I, I zoomed through a lot of Ubisoft because I was like, I'm not playing fucking Rainbow Six Siege or whatever. Well, John Bernthal's oh, dog's in it. Oh, yeah. Totally. Yeah. He was one of the stars of E3. According to so many tweets I saw. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that was just... That, that frustrated me. Look... Over the last year, I realized I've basically turned my back on AAA games. It's all small games from here on out for me. <laughs> so that's, that's like, I can't really bitch too much about this. But yeah, I just, it was frustrating to be like, no, show me something new. Show me something interesting. Don't just tell me that, you know, there's a new skin for your assault rifle in Division 2. Fuck off. I don't care. Which is why it's cool that the kind of funny games uh, showcase exists because, like, you know, of the 60 indie games they announced, I hadn't even heard oh, of 50 of them there were heaps yeah like, like that's where i i was taking notes as i went into that one like just noting down titles of like what looks interesting 
and I would have gotten 15 by the end of it of just like, oh shit, I've never seen that before and that looks great. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, the, the course, uh, there's also the Devolver Digital Showcase. Yep. Which, which is like a... Is uh, mainly, mainly, it's more theater than games these days, but it's still really fun. Yeah, I mean... I, I I know a lot of people like Angus who I do hey fam with like he was just like that's that's ducked <laughs> he hated it I love it I, I enjoy I it. love how stupid it is but it is like it is yeah he he described it as epic bacon <laughs> <laughs> that's mean uh, uh, is that a, is that a brand or is that just a combination no, of two just, horrendous it's, words it's one of those internet things <laughs> where some guy wearing a fedora and a beard would be like oh that's epic bacon yeah uh, but uh, yeah so they, they do kind of like a. It, they've, they've, they've built on it It is a narrative it, All, it all their E3 presentations yeah. Feature this one woman Who get, the, gets killed And yeah. shot at And mm. loses her mind And brought back So this one was a Nintendo Direct parody Hosted inside of her mind Yeah With the idea being that If they switch to the Direct format They won't have to spend money On an actual E3 presentation Not yeah. that they ever have They've all been pre-recorded Just like a skit essentially totally yeah so that, yeah what's funny about their, their showcase is that it is like this like stupid jokey um very narrative. very sarcastic very cynical towards the game industry um but then it has actual game yeah trailers within it that aren't jokes because i think last year they're like we're launching a bitcoin yeah and, and they you did. could but it was a physical metal coin that you right. buy from the game company or something they're always like it's almost it's it's almost cards against humanity like the way they do stunts like that except way better than that yeah I hate sure i'm not big <laughs> that's into a cards. small game i will never get on board I, I hate the card game but the company itself does some really weird and interesting shit like yep. buying land along the american mexican border <laughs> and giving it to their players so the american government can't build a wall there that kind of thing yeah um uh, but yeah, they didn't. They didn't do anything like that this year. But they did announce like. Well, the big physical release was that they're they're doing a proper light gun arcade yeah. cabinet for Enter the Gungeon called House of the Gun Dead, which is great. That's just so cool. I, yeah. I actually hit up the um, rep for Devolver in Australia and saying, "Is that pl- is that going to come anywhere near us?" And he was like, "No, sadly, no, oh. not at this point." So if, if if look, maybe if we all chipped in together, we, we can, can raise the money for it'll be it's five thousand dollars US to buy the cabinet. Sure. I reckon it'll be about. Another two thousand on top of that to ship it to to Australia. Yeah, I was trying to th- like. I don't think you could ever talk a time zone into buying one of those cabinets. But maybe like, like a barcade. Like there, a, there's yeah. one on there's one on King Street in Newtown. And they do all ages uh, Sundays. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take Archie to one soon. Yeah, it's so I think if if there's any shot of getting one of those over there, you'd need to talk to something. I can't like imagine that. a bar would be doing that kind of scratch. To, yeah, to, to, exactly. to pony up that money. Because I feel like majority of those games they buy are just like you know eBay fines or yeah, dumpster definitely. fines. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, we uh, I I there are a few nindies in the Nintendo Direct as well. Uh, yeah. Hmm? Oh yeah, 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 of course. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I as I went through all the presentations, I just jotted down the titles that caught my eye mm-hmm. across all of them. Uh, and then today went and did a big old thread on Twitter. With um, Three, with four, with names, five, developers, six, trailers, and a little blurb for each of them. 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. Like, I'm, I'm, there's forty games here. Over, yeah. So John, yeah, John has put the, the, the yeah the trailers and also linked in the um the the developers uh, on our Twitter release dates, platforms as best as I could find. I'm not saying all the information is perfect, but. Those are all the games that caught my eye. We're not going to go through all of them because then this podcast would last for three or four days. But if you want to read all of them, go to twitter.com slash all the small game. 
That's uh, at all the small game on mm-hmm. Twitter. Uh, there's no S. So no. All the right. small game. Yep. Or if you go to... Oh, our, we could have, we could have taken, out, taken out the other S and it could have been all the mall games. Oh. I'm trying to think of any game set in a mall. Um, Dead Rising. Fair. Yeah. Good call. <laughs> um, very, very short podcast. Yeah. <laughs> four or so episodes long, but nice. Um, so we're not going to go through all of those there, but you can find it on the Twitter that was just listed or if you go to our Facebook, facebook.com slash all the small games. It's also linked in there. And I'll put, I'll put it in the show notes as well. Of course. Um, um, but what we are going to do is go through our top five uh, indie games that we saw either announced or featured during this year's E3 Yep. before we go and do our uh, reviews of the games that we've actually played in the last month and uh, fi- finish the episode with uh, a couple of listener emails. Um, so, John... Um, since you put all this amazing hard work into, uh, you know, you, you've been researching. This is like, you should have, someone should have paid you for this work. Uh, and it ain't me. <laughs> I, I will not comment further on that. Um, but, uh, yeah, hit, hit, hit me with your top five. Um, what do you reckon? Start at the bottom, start at the top? Because I've kind of loosely ranked these. Okay, I haven't, but you do you, do you King. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm feeling very regal this episode. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start nominal. Fuck it. There's no order to this, but I'm going to start with Way to the Woods, which I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, so Way to the Woods is, it appeared in the Xbox uh, showcase. It had its own little section as well, which was great. It wasn't just crammed. It, it did appear in the indie, sh- the ID at Xbox showreel, but it had its own little section as well. Um, basically, you play as a deer, uh, a mother deer, who is trying to lead her fawn, I had a quick moment there. I was like, what the fuck is a baby deer called? It's mm-hmm. a fawn. Trying to lead her fawn You back. could have set up a very good Sound of Music reference. Oh. A, so, oh a deer, a female f- deer. Oh, a female deer. Um, next time, next podcast. Um, on mall games. Um, so trying to, lead, trying to lead her fawn back to the woods, the wilderness, I guess, but has to make her way through sort of an ab- like abandoned human society. And she has glowing antlers, which I'm assuming is forms part of the gameplay, using mm-hmm. it to light the way and that kind of stuff. Uh, it just looks really cool. Like, really, like, that interesting juxtaposition of the wild and, and, yeah, and human like, you know, environment yeah, like, kind of thing. Actually, is... Is she in a mall at one point in that game? She might be actually. Because yeah, she kind of goes through like a desolate, yeah, like, yeah shopping center, and, uh, mm. and and then like yeah, like is trying to use a vending machine at one point. Oh yeah, 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 that's yeah. right. She like rams it with her antlers. <coughs> Damn! All right, all the mall games has <laughs> got legs. But um, one thing that really impresses me is this was made by one guy. He's a guy in Melbourne called uh, Anthony Tan, aka Studio Happy Bee. I think is okay. I tried googling and it just. Like it, it took so much effort to find his actual Twitter handle <laughs> to put on that uh, Twitter thread. But I just, I think it looks great. It looks really, really cool. Um, and I'm looking forward to playing at some point. It says it's coming 2020 to PC and console. Yep. Um, presuming Xbox is the console because it appeared in the Xbox showcase. Um, but I guess I can cross fingers for Switch as well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I Actually, mean, one I- thing I really wanted to hear is the Game Pass coming to Switch. I mean, I, I thought there was going to be way more synergy between Microsoft and Nintendo at E3 yeah, this year. because like, they, they announced for PC, which I was like, well, that's cool. Yeah. But then I was like, say Switch, say Switch. It didn't <laughs> fucking happen. Maybe one day. Yeah. We've got Banjo for now. Cool. Uh, yeah, so hit it. One of yours. Uh, how can you do your five? Do five? Okay. Yeah. So Way to the Woods. Uh, another one I have is... I'll save our double up because that'll be a nice segue to okay, your good, one. So yeah. uh, Genesis Noir. 
which I think this was during the um, kind of funny showcase. Yeah, that sounds about right. So developer is Feral Cat Den, published by Fellow Traveller. I'll read the description from um, Wikipedia. It's an adventure game with an emphasis on exploration, tactile interactions, and generative art. Um, Yeah, You wander around 3D starscapes and 2D vignettes, collect cosmic clues to solve little puzzles and play with particles. You might even destroy the universe. Uh, so it's like an adventure game that's set, as they've said, before, during, and after the Big Bang. Right. And it's got this really cool kind of stark um, stark art style that's like white line drawing on a black background. Yeah, I, I remember this one now. It, yeah. just, it looks really cool. I mean, I, I love adventure games, and this looks like a really weird and interesting take on the genre. Yeah. Um, particularly with the sort of... Um, the very noir artwork that it's using. Yeah, your description of the artwork got, got me thinking about Oberdin and that we didn't get that for Switch yet. Oh, God, I'd love that for Switch. I really should just play it on Steam. Yeah. Like, I should just bite the bullet one of these days. But yeah, that looks really cool. Um, another one that I'm, like, really looking forward to is 12 Minutes. So 12 yeah, Minutes so is the new game from... I don't, hold on, I have it... <laughs> I have it. I'm on their website, and it just doesn't say who the developer is. Um, the developer is maybe Namada, but I don't think so. That's maybe it's the Bill Murray. Bill. <laughs> Thank good. No, well, actually, hold on. The publisher is Annapurna. Yep. Um, who are God? I love Annapurna. They're like Devolver has big output and generally great games. Annapurna far less output, but I think they curate their selections a lot better. Yep. Um, yeah, I just have. I didn't have any. Div- uh, I didn't have any info on who the developer Luis is. Luis Antonio is his name. Yeah, that's that's as much as I could find. But the game is. <coughs> it it takes place in a room. Uh, you are a man who is having a romantic dinner with his wife. Suddenly, a policeman knocks on the door, and when you let him in, he accuses your wife of murder and then essentially beats you to death. And you flip back to the beginning again and mm-hmm. you're stuck in this 12-minute time loop and you need to figure out what the fuck is going on to try break out of it. Yep. Uh, it just looks it like the trailer is really well done because it starts kind of after a few loops and has the guy wearily sort of going to his wife, why are people accusing you of murder, essentially? Like, real mysterious way to start a trailer. That looks fantastic. It was really funny seeing everyone going like, "This is the like twelve minutes is the closest thing we've got to playing Groundhog Day as a video game." I'm like, you know, there's an actual Groundhog Day VR yeah. video game coming soon. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, Ned Ryerson does not feature in twelve minutes. You do not have to watch out for any steps. None of them are doozies. <laughs> um, uh, I believe it's pronounced doohoozy. Doohoozy. Um, this this game is maybe the one that I'm most excited for out of all the ones I've seen. It's called Superliminal. It is a first-person game where... It's a first-person puzzle game where the puzzles... Solving the puzzles is based on manipulating the size of objects through forced perspective. Yeah, this is in the kind of funny showcase. Yeah, this one. it looks... I've, it's been around for years. Like, I've seen demos for this four or five years ago. Uh, and clearly they've got it to a state now where they're kind of, you know, getting ready to... It has no release information, but you don't put a trailer in E3 without, it, you know, sometime in the next two years announcing a release date. Oh, Death Stranding. Fuck, I really fucked that one up, didn't <laughs> I? Um, 
but yeah, it's it's watch the trailer. Super liminal. It's you need to watch the trailer to kind of understand what I'm talking about. Yeah, it almost it, reminded me of like what if Stanley Parable was a like a, a puzzle game. Yeah, more more about environmental manipulation instead of just walking through a narrative. Yeah, but it, it still kind of plays with your con- like perception of what a video game is. Yeah, definitely. but from a more puzzle, almost like Gorogoa, like a, a yeah. in- environmental kind of puzzle. But yeah, totally. Yeah, um, and it has a really like weird, almost dreamlike air to it. Like, there's one part of the trailer where you sort of fall through the floor and land in a bed, and then when you walk out of that room, you hear an alarm, and you round a corner in the corridor, and there's like the corridor is blocked by giant alarm clocks that are flashing wake up at you. Yeah, I loved the, the the opening reveal of the game where like the first like first it was like manipulating objects on the screen, then it zooms out and you see the PC that they're playing it on, and they yeah. and they shrunk the PC down and put the PC in the bin. Yeah. Really weird. <laughs> like there's one point where there's a little model house on a table and you pick up the model house and adjust the perspective till it's huge and then walk into the house and that's kind of the next bit of the game. And I'm like, that's really fucking cool. Yeah, definitely. That's definitely going to be a PC only game, but one that I will definitely I know, will make, hold, make my I will only... haul my PC over so you can play it. I can't wait. I guarantee that. And the final one uh, is called Summer Catcher. Summer Catchers? Summer Catchers, yeah. Public, developed by Face IT, who are almost impossible to Google. And um, publisher is Noodle Cake Noodle Studios. Noodle Cake Studios, which sounds familiar. I swear I've played something else by Noodle Cake. Oh, no, no shit, they did Punch Quest. That's dope. I think yeah, right, cool. Pun- no, Punch Club is the one I'm thinking of. Oh, right. Um, very fun game. Very simple, easy, easy to make Really mistake. bad chess, Quop. Oh, they did Getting Over It with Bennett Foddy. Um, yeah, okay, so they've done some cool stuff. But... Um, Summer Catchers is... How would you describe Summer Catchers? Because I know this is on your list and this is this is our segue. Well, I mean, for, for starters, it had unbelievably beautiful pixel art. Yeah. Which is... Uh, it was one of the few pixel art games in that... Uh, in, the, uh, in the kind of funny showcase. Yeah. You know, I, is- I feel like I associate pixel art with like, you know, most indie games that I play. So yeah, it was funny it- to see a, a almost 60 without it. It comes... I think the pixel art style comes in waves. Like heaps of people do it, then developers get sick of it. And then after a while of not doing it, develops go like... On my Switch, it's always there, baby. Oh, nice. I play at least four a month. Yeah, such such bright, vivid pixel art. Really pops off the screen. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So this is a game that was announced um, a while ago, but this is like the the first kind of full trailer for it. Um, It is like a story-based game, but it looks like the majority of the the gameplay is like a racer almost. Or or like like a a road trip. Or a um a, like a free run kind of game. Yeah, but you're in like a billy cart kind of like go kart. Yeah. setup. I th- I think it looked like in the trailer you can upgrade it in certain ways. And yeah, and they're like boss levels and fun things like that. Yeah. But you look like you could play as different characters mm. in it. Um, yeah, it looked like there was definitely a story to tell. Yeah, um, I think I saw somewhere where it's like it's about your character lives in the north and they want to head south to the warmth or something like yeah, that. Yeah, Chu is the main character. He's never known what summer is like. Yeah. Um, sorry, she's never known what summer is like and you can help her reach her sunny destination and nice. face its new 2D exploration game, Summer Catches. There were definite parts of the trailer that reminded me of... The, the, de- the deer game you were talking about earlier? Because there's a big, pixel, beautiful, pixelated deer in this in the trailer as well. Oh, yeah, there is. <laughs> but I think 
what was it called? Is it the last station? That train game? Oh yeah, yeah. But in the way that like as that. as you're as you're going along in the train, there's like huge things in the background. Yes. That kind of do environmental storytelling. I th- I think I remember in the trailer seeing some stuff like that. Yeah, like a big like iron giant. Big kind of. sweeping vista kind of thing yeah, with yeah. a big object. I'm like, oh, that's so cool. I love that stuff. Yeah, it was really fun. That's yeah. uh, that's definitely one. I, like, uh, This would be a beautiful Switch game. Hopefully it comes to Switch. I can only Please, well. all developers. develop All small game developers. The Switch is your best friend. Yeah, so Summer Catches is definitely mine. And again, uh, you can see all these trailers in... Uh, in uh, John's Twitter thread, I'll add the ones that he hasn't included that are on my list. Cool. Uh, I'm cheating. And also, after the Nindies, the the Treehouse. Oh, true. Probably yeah, yeah. Throw some in as well. Um, yeah. So make sure you follow at all the small game. We're gonna try and use it more. We've, we've both we've both been using it quite a bit in the last month. Yeah, we last, last week. I, I definitely hit the Twitter more than I hit the Facebook, hmm. just because it's useful for like I'm tossing off some dumb thought. Yep. Um, so uh, I'm cheating. Uh, this game obviously announced and featured on uh, all the small games uh, a while ago. Uh, Hollow Knight, the sequel, Hollow Knight Silk Song. Mm-hmm. Um, look, we, we knew it was coming. I, I don't know if, if, it's, if, it's, if it's coming this year. It looks like a very finished game. I just, yeah, it does actually. All the stuff I've seen is very... It's like so polished. Very polished, and, very and finished. They showed 16... IGN uploaded a video of 16 minutes of gameplay mm-hmm. today. Um, and my God, it is so fucking good. Like, obviously, yeah. it, like, you know, the music, the, the tone, the graphics still look very Hollow Knight. Sure. Hollow Knighty. Um, but, uh, you play as, um, Hornet. Hornet, um, who is like one of the first bosses that you fight in the first Hollow Knight game. You end up befriending her. Um, but she uses a needle and thread, and her attacks are like completely different to, the hollow to uh, the, the the knight that you play yeah. as in Hollow Knight. Um, it's she's much faster, uh, not only in her movement but also in the way that she heals. Mm-hmm. Um, in Hollow Knight, you had to like hold down. It's frustrating. A to heal, and like it would take you know. You could you two could, seconds to, to you heal could up. Speed it up a little bit with add-ons, but it still was like, come on, come on, come on, come on. In this game, you like you in, know, in in a second, she like. Heals three, three, yeah. three units of health in one. It just, it just looks like, like little. Like obviously, I sound like an idiot if you, if you haven't played this game before. But uh, as someone that, like, you know, that was easily my favorite game of of, of twenty seventeen. What's interesting? The most, the most talked about game on this podcast for sure. Well, it's funny because it ties into the narrative that's established in the first game, where you're this bug coming to town for the first time. You're a rookie essentially, and Hornet. The fights you have with Hornet are her saying, "You need to prove yourself to me." To move further yeah yeah so playing as hornet you're playing as a like an already established ass kicker if this is if this follows on from yeah but then there's like there's like crafting systems yeah and make weapons and like the biggest difference is like yeah where, where hollow knight was about descending this is about climbing a mountain so you're ascending in this game nice um but yeah you should definitely check out the 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 16 minute yeah. gameplay footage god i hope we get a date on this soon because like even though like this is such a stacked year for games especially on the switch like that nintendo direct was just like I don't know, like fifty percent of the games they were talking about are must must buys for me. Sure, um, I would drop all of them um, just to play Hollow Knight so Silk cool. Song. It just looks so fucking good, and like mm. you know, I have massive expectations for it. And every second I've seen of this game is just living up to them. Yeah, and then some, you know, and, and like a lot of like the guy who played it from IGN, Tom Marks, is a um, he's the like the main PC game um, reviewer for IGN, mm-hmm. and so he reviewed it on um, in twenty sixteen for PC and was like the only person in the IGN office that was like you got to consider this for best game of the year, for God's sake. And then the next year, everyone played on the Switch. I'm like, oh, if you were right, Tom. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. he's like, you know, I love that game. Like, it, I think he gave it like a 9.9 out of 10 or something. Sure. Um, well and, deserved, uh, too. Yeah, and he's like, I actually think this game could be better. 
So that's you know really really great that's praise. Fucking huge. Yeah. Big um, shout out Team Cherry. Yes, Team Cherry from nope. Adelaide. Oh uh, yeah, homegrown heroes, baby. Now that's like I, I, I think I tweeted last year when in the midst of me playing that game nonstop. It's the proudest I feel of a piece of Australian media since Unit by Regurgitator. <laughs> Good call. <laughs> it's a pretty good album. Yeah, I should have gone with "Slightly Old Way" by Jebediah. That game is closer to my that, that album is closer to my heart. Sure. Um, uh, what else you got? So is the harpoon True. in my heart. Jebediah, <laughs> great song. Uh, Skatebird is another game um, that was from the kind of funny showcase. Yeah. Um, look, uh, I like many people grew up playing the Tony Hawk games on PS One, um, and uh, it is one of those games, like you know, or style of game that I feel like so many people took for granted. Yeah, and now it just doesn't exist anymore. The really, the really kind of arcade, because <coughs> there was a time like post, post when Tony Hawk's the Tony Hawk Pro Skater series started to slide into like just weird excess, essentially. Yeah, with like his his underground series and all this stuff, it sort of turned to like this the like skate series uh, published by I can't fucking remember, but which like, went for like realism was it Activision? I think. Super yeah. real, like that's super realistic kind of like. It's not just tap a button to Ollie. You've got to like drag your thumb back and then flick it at the right yeah, time totally. and do this to kind of like. This looks like it's just returning to that fun kind of very arcadey skate. That's what it should be. It shouldn't feel. I don't, I don't think yeah. it should be realistic. But what's but what's the hook with this game? You're a bird. You're, you're a bird. bird. You're, you're adorable a... little bird on a skateboard. And the skate ramps. Uh, and I got huge Katamari vibes from the True, setup. Actually, is the skating the skate ramps are all like you know like pencils and, Mag- and erasers and, and yeah. Yeah, books and stuff. Yeah, like, and very, you're, you're like grinding and yeah, it very looks, kind of handcrafted and stuff. And the bird just looks so chill. Yeah, like it, it just looks so appealing and just a perfect Switch game. Yeah, really, um, really fun. They're kickstarting it at the moment. It's it's yeah, uh, being published by developed and published by Glass Bottom Games. Yeah, um, at the moment for Windows. Um, so for PC and Mac. Yeah. Um. Um. Well, hey, that's you're you're still in the running there. Yeah. Um. My, my game only my, my computer only crashes. You know, after 15 minutes of playing a video game on it. <laughs> They just, they never cracked the game market, did Mac? I think if you, uh, I don't know, no. Probably, if you get something that will run the Adobe suite. Yeah, like my, that's like the oldest, the longest a MacBook has lasted for me. I'm like, on my fifth year on this guy and oh, I damn. use my computer like so much. You thrash that thing. Yeah, like, yeah I, I cleaned the screen this week and it was like the, the cloth that I used was black. Jesus. It's like, yeah, it's not just dust. It's like smoke machine fumes from oh, when I DJ yeah. in clubs. Of course. It yeah. gets so disgusting. Not not good environments for, for <laughs> laptops. But yeah, Skatebird looks great. Um, it's Yeah, it looks love, red hot. Love a good skate game. Really, really love chill. That love fun. that it's very cute. Yeah, definitely. Um, what else have I got here? More like Tony Sparrow. Does that work? A hawk? Mm. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, hawk. you could have said hawk. Bird. It's a hawk. Oh, yeah, it's it's not really a hawk. Tony I mean, like, Robin? Tony Baby Hawk. Robin. <laughs> uh, from the Devolver Showcase, um, Carrion. Mm. Um, and uh, this game actually reminded me a little bit of Ape Out because you are, uh, or I guess at first, you're basically like this, this hideous monster that is trying to escape a, a lab. Yeah. Uh, are you trying to escape or are you have you infiltrated? Is it kind of like an alien? No, because I mean, the trailer definitely starts with you in some sort of containment unit. And then bursting loose. I think. I think in the description of the game it says you're an alien. Yep. Alien monster difference. Yeah. Who cares? Uh, but yeah, you're like this big. Like okay, can we imagine a, angry spaghetti? Can we spoil a very old game? Go. Um, the ending of that brilliant. Um, they made it after Limbo. Um, oh, uh, Inside. Inside. Yeah. 
in the, the final you know half hour of that game you play as this hideous monster like blob monster. and it's the greatest oh it's fantastic. moment ever yeah. like it's that, that alone is reason to play that game yeah but the whole the whole rest of it is too but oh. like that was just such a spectacular ending yeah um this reminds me of like like a, yeah like a pixelated kind of take on the like last last half hour because you're playing this like disgusting huge yeah mess of like red tendrils that yeah. can like kind of like grip onto things like when you come across like a, a human enemy you just smother them and yeah and ingest them basically yeah. um that's such a fun take on a platformer yeah we're um, calling it a reverse horror game because yeah. you play as the monster not as not as humans trying to escape yeah it looks it looks so much fun yeah um definitely a uh, a game that i will be picking up for sure um so it's yeah it's been published by devolver and it's being developed by phobia game studio yes um check out the the, the trailer for it is excellent um and then they actually just 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 last uh, in the last three hours we got a uh 30 20 minutes of brutal carnage Hell uh, yeah. from GameSpot. so go check it out nice uh final game for me is creature in the well <coughs> which was yeah. announced in a nindies showcase um earlier in the year but so were so many other games i didn't really pay attention to it i got like a much longer look at um this because that was featured in the xbox um indie segment and then they did a few breakout videos um and some some uh some like you know like 20 minute gameplay videos have come out as well since um in the last couple of days creature in the well is like a hack and slash um game that is also a pinball game yeah so you're like it's like a dungeon crawler and you've got a sword and, you know, you have, like, magic and shit like that. But, like, all of the battles you fight are against, like, pinball. Or, like, you use pinball mechanics. Yeah. So, you, you're almost... It looks it looks like for a lot of the battles, you're, like, fighting across a chasm and firing off projectiles that then bounce off, like, bumpers and whatnot. Yeah. You know, like, pinball-style bumpers. And it's all about getting the right angle to hit the enemy and stuff like that. But where... Um, what was the pinball Metroidvania? Uh, Yoku's. Yoku's Island Express. You actually, like, you know, you, you moved flippers. Yeah. Um, this looks to be, like, you know, you, you're just straight up like a dude with a sword. Yeah. Walking across pinball tables. Pretty much. Man, it looks so much fun. It looks great. Graphics are unreal. Yeah. Um, this is uh, being developed by Flight School Studio. Um, and uh, it's coming. <laughs> that was, sorry, quick aside. That was one weird thing during the Xbox press of like <laughs> Microsoft Flight Simulator. Yeah, I'm like really? they gave it a lot of time. Yeah, I guess it is like when you, it's the first Microsoft game I yeah. certainly played. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like part of my brain was like play it, and the rest was like no. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, uh, Creature in the Well looks fantastic. Yeah, and I'm it's very, it's great. Super looking forward to it's that. Great to see that pinball mechanic being spread to other games. Like, Yoku's was a real eye-opener of, like, oh, fuck. I loved that game. Pin- yeah, I yeah, loved yeah. Yoku, Yoku's as well. But it's, a, like, that that thing of, like, why haven't more people been using pinball mechanics? This is a really, like, it's such... It's almost one of the oldest arcade mechanics there is. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, there is, like, a, there's a pinball subscription service that's on Switch. And you, like, I don't know how much the, the, the base game is, but, yeah, you buy new tables. Yeah. For and and you can buy like you know actual existing like digital versions of existing pinball tables so like a Kiss one or an X Men one or whatever I don't know how I don't know if this program has the, the licenses but sure. yeah like it's so cool pinball's would, awesome and like it would be the perfect thing to have with that peripheral you've got that allows you to play vertically the flip grip flip yeah, grip. yeah yeah definitely yeah <coughs> Tate mode uh, yeah that's right um, yeah so that's our that's that's our top fives. 
that we've pulled from this list. I just want to give a couple of quick shout outs Please because do. I had a huge, huge trouble deciding. Um, another one that got a big look in during the Xbox presentation was Spiritfarer. Uh, by Thunder Lotus, uh, Thunder Lotus, the developer. You you play as a character whose job is to like <coughs> peacefully usher animals into the afterlife. Yeah, which looked like chill and sad at the yeah, same time. Like kind of cute, but at the same time very bittersweet. Um, it looks like there's you know you're on a boat. It looks like there's some kind of building element to it as well. Definitely looking forward to hearing more about that. Um, El hijo by uh, Honig Studios, which translates to The Sun, um, is a stealth game, mm-hmm. but you play as a young boy in a Mexican monastery who's trying to sneak out of the monastery to find his mum. That sounds So great. it's all about like creeping past monks and stuff like that. <laughs> it looks really fun. Uh, Wooden Nickel by Brain and Brain is an uh, adventure game set in the Wild West, but it has this oh, yeah, really, this cool. really yeah. cool, minimalist, almost like, like stark art style Mm -hmm. that's really kind of unique and cool and then finally Bloodroots Bloodroots by Paper Cult Games this is in the last Nindies showcase as well yeah it was in Nindies showcase and it kicked off kind of funny this this yeah had like a a video of them playing it yeah and it it looks it's just this like hyper violent revenge like weird revenge thing where everything in the almost everything in the environment you can pick up and use as a weapon yep so it's showing like you know, he's using an oar at one point and then he pulls a carrot out of the ground and is like beating the shit out of people with a carrot. Just looks really weird and dumb and funny. So Great cartoony yeah. style as well. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. That was E3. No shortage of good games on the way and you can be sure that you'll hear them, hear about them on this very podcast. Indeed. When they when they all arrive. And one last one last time, see our full list on Twitter at all the small games. Yes, please do. Uh, John, those games, uh, you know, are weeks to, to months to years away. Um, but we've been playing a ton of games uh, right here and now. We have. What have you been playing in this past month? Oh, where should I kick off? Should I, like, this, there is there is one game that is a definite top of my list. How about we start there? Okay, let's, let's go. That. Let's do that. I've got no time for, no, no, no time for bottoms in no, my life. No, Tops right. only. Tops only. <laughs> um, I saw on... The two games have been added to Xbox Game Pass. One of them that I've been particularly looking forward to, and I found out that my Xbox Game Pass subscription had lapsed. Oh, damn. I was like, oh, snap. Um, but I just signed up immediately straight away. How much is it a month? It's like ten ninety five. Yeah. It's like fucking- the, the list of games is insane. Yeah, it's great. Hollow like, Knight's on there now. <laughs> yeah. There's like, on top of like all the big triple A's you can get, the list of indies is... Yeah, it's like to- it's like all of our Multi- favorite indies. Walter Buono, yeah, and more Multi- being Buono. A- yeah, mm. uh, all are being added. More are being added all the time. Anyway, the <laughs> game the game that I specifically went in and signed up again for is The Outer Wilds, developed by a studio called Mobius. Mobius Digital. Mobius Digital, published by The Gods Annapurna Interactive. Yep. The easiest way to sum this game up is it is. No Man's Sky meets Minute. Oh, wow. Yeah. So the No Man's Sky element is like the game is you play as a member of this alien race called the Heathians because you're from a planet called Timber Heath. They have a space exploration concern called the Outer Wilds Venture, the purpose of which is to explore the gal- the, the solar system that they're in and find out more about an alien race that used to live in the solar system called the Nomai. Yeah, so that, that was like one of the things I liked about No Man's Sky. You kind of like, were like, oh, what's with this alien race? You want to learn more about them. Mm. But this is way more kind of story-based. 
So like you have a definitive mi- your definitive mission is visit the planets, find find the ruins and remnants that this alien race have have left. You are the first person to go exploring who has a translator. Mm-hmm. Like so you find like these weird spirals on the wall that that are there writing and you can hold up this translator and automatically translate them. Mm-hmm. Um the thing is every 22 minutes the sun goes supernova and wipes out the solar system and you wake up back at the start of the game again. Oh sick. But as you explore and find clues and stuff from the various writings and artifacts left by this this you know extinct alien race your onboard ship computer stores all that information. Right. So with each repetition, you go to your computer and go like, okay, what did I discover this last time? What what have they hinted at? Because, you know, you'll find writing that'll be like, oh, we've mined all the minerals we need for this scientific facility on this planet. And so once you kind of restart, you're like, cool, I'm going to that planet this time. Like, I'm not going to go where I've been before. I'm going to go explore somewhere new. And so you kind of spread further out into the solar system as you find out more new information. Now, the 22-minute time loop adds a little bit of gameplay pressure. But the other amazing thing is the planets you visit have their own dangers to them that also adds that kind of sense of urgency when you're exploring. Like one of the first planets I went to, I started on the moon of the planet you start at, just baby steps. But then the next planet I went to is essentially a hollow shell of stone around a black hole and it has a volcanic moon orbiting it constantly firing down lava bombs <laughs> and when the lava bombs hit this this kind of stone shell it breaks away the stone shell and sends it flying through the black hole so i parked my ship and walked off to explore something heard an explosion behind me and when i, t- I turned around just in time to watch the bit of land that my ship was on go tumbling down, taking my ship with it. Shit. And that's not to like, and I fell in the black hole myself apropos of nothing. So, so you can kill yourself before. You can, you can kill yourself, but there's almost no need to like when, when my ship disappeared, I was just like, fuck it. I'll just keep exploring. Yeah. Like I know in, I know in a certain period of time, I'm going to restart again. So it's not like, oh shit, I'm stranded here. It's, well, I might as well find out as much as I can before this so flips over. Is it a roguelike or not really? Because it's, it's more about just exploring. Not, really, not yeah. really. There's no combat. You can die because of environmental factors, but you never have to fight anything. Yeah, right. Sure. It's, it's, and it's just the story that's developing is really cool because it's all, you know, this extinct alien race, like, didn't... They crash landed in your solar system. Essentially, Are you collecting minerals or things something no, like that. Oh, no, right, nothing. You collecting just, anything or just knowledge? Yeah, just right. Just information about what happened to these guys and using that to piece together where you should go next and what happened to them. So, is there a definitive end to this game? I think there is. There's like you discover kind of why you're stuck in this time loop and do something to fix it. Probably, yeah, I'm, right. I'm nowhere near as far as that yet. How many loops have you done? Oh, I'm probably up to like ten or twelve loops mm-hmm. by this point in time. Um, <laughs> And it's like, it's, you fly your spaceship around. You can, you can also like, when you're kind of traveling between planets, you can select the planet you're going to and also hit autopilot if you don't yeah, right, want to fuck around that much. Yeah. Landing, you have to do manually. And I'm still not great at landing, but it's just so rad to like... Can you crash and die that way? You can, if you crash your ship hard enough, you can damage it enough to probably die. Fuck yeah. Like I've... <laughs> <laughs> um I've I've run out of oxygen and died that way. Oh, cool. I've like um while trying to fly around that aforementioned black hole in the middle of a planet, I've like 
orbited too quickly and just smacked into a wall and died. <laughs> I'm now thinking I'm going to try and describe the way I died in all of my games too. <laughs> right. Um, it's it it feels to me like exactly what people <laughs> thought No Man's Sky was going to be, like a much more kind of tightly scripted narrative experience mm-hmm. that still gave you freedom to explore. Yep. But this is like I I went in without too much expectations. I'd seen the kind of trailers that that um, Annapurna had put out and Mobius had put out and been like, this looks cool. After playing it for two to three hours, I was like, this is a game of the year candidate. Like this is. I don't know what the second half of the year is looking like. There are some, there are some, you know, if Untitled Goose Game comes out, Control has a good shot. Uh, fuck, Kentucky Route Zero maybe. Sure. But this this has just hit the list with a bullet. It's so good. That's unreal. And it's also, I think I was telling you, it's one of those games where if you have like, I think an eight-year-old or a plus child, this is a fantastic game to play with them. Yeah, cool. There's nothing... It's discovery. There's nothing... <coughs> There's nothing terribly scary about it. There's nothing, no swearing, no combat, no nothing like that. Just pure exploration. So first or third person? First. Yeah, right. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, man, I wish it would come to anything besides Xbox that's, or PC. That's why I'm, it's one of those I'm, I want Game Pass to be on Switch because I like this being on Game Pass yeah. justifies the 1095. If I Xbox like do a, a, a significant price drop, I'll just get it. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a there's enough games, especially with like Will Will of the Wisps coming and stuff like that, which is a Game Plus day one. Yeah, like, yeah. That's the, all their all their Xbox Game Studio like their entire idea at Xbox thing. It was all the games you just saw will come to Game Pass. Yeah, it's wild, isn't it? It's you, yeah. just, you just need the console and then just your ten dollars a month or whatever, yeah. and you've got an incredible library. Yeah, it's that great. rules, man. Yeah, Outer Wilds. I cannot. If you have an Xbox, if you. It's on Epic Game Store on PC. I'm mm-hmm. still not sold on Epic Game Store. Like I've heard, just too many kind of yeah. It sounds they they, they got to be cutthroat, you know. Not, they got, they got to break through. Yeah, nightmare scenarios with like drivers and shit like that. But if if you're fine with Epic Game Store and you have a PC or if you have an Xbox, play Out of Wilds. It's so good. So while you're singing the praises of uh, of game, I, I want to join in. And uh, this game completely took me by surprise. I'd heard good things about it, and I'd like. A year ago, this wouldn't be on my radar at all, but playing SteamWorld Quest um, last month, I was surprised at how much I liked the the card mechanics in that. You know, like you, you used... The combat is like, you know, you, you have a deck of cards and to attack enemies, you, you select three from your deck and that's how you attack. And I heard in other people talking about the game um, that it was like a kind of simplified version of Slay the Spire. Sure. Which is a game that was published by Humble Bundle. Um, it's been on PC for about two years now. It was developed we've, by Mega Crit Games. We've definitely had listeners recommend this to us. Yeah. In, in various social media settings. Um, and so, yeah, it came in at Nintendo Switch last week. Um, and that is what I played it on. Um, like pretty much every single game I talk about on this podcast. Hell yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, Slay the Spire. It's a, it's a, it's a deck building card game, but it's like a roguelike at the same time as well. So you basically, at the start, it just throws you in. You, you, you are, you're just like this knight. Um, and you have like a selection of cards that have, um, different attacks on it, attacks and also like blocks. So you can like, you know, defend against attacks with, with, and then attack with others. It's really, really simple. Um, and it just kind of, it doesn't have like this long, exhausting kind of tutorial that it kind of beats you over the head with. It just throws you in the middle of, of combat and you just have to work it out. It kind of, you know, does a, does a pretty good job of explaining it, but like really you just learn how to play this game by playing it. Sure. <coughs> 
you make your way um, up a map. Um, the spire. The spire up t- towards the spire, which you must slay. Um, I, I think there are three maps that you have to get through to to, to successfully like beat this game. I guess. Okay. Um, and insanely, I made it to like I think I got halfway, so I, I made it past the half, the first map and halfway through the second before I died. Nice. And then you lose everything, but you kind of gain points that I think unlock different types of heroes that you can play as. Okay. To do that are more powerful or have better perks to you know get you a bit a bit closer to the end on your next run. Um, you you can kind of like choose you always have like two options of where you can move next and all depending on the icon on the, on the map it'll be like you know a battle or it'll be a a treasure chest or or a shop um and, and they're the different stops that you can that you can visit on on the way up the map do you do you know what the stop will be when you go to the uh yeah like okay yeah but you don't know what what will be after that stop so right. you might choose the the easier looking stop out of the two options available to you, but immediately after the one you've chosen might be the hardest sure. fight on the map. But it's as you make your way up, each one is revealed like just just before you go yeah. on. Yeah, it doesn't do map it. out the whole spire, but each, exactly your yeah. next turn is revealed, and it's all procedur- okay. yeah, everything's procedurally generated. Like no no run will be the same as the last one. Um, this is like the ultimate. Like I'll never delete this off my switch game oh, just damn. because i don't know i make apparently this is a, a style of game i like now right <laughs> and this seems to be the best it gets if you get into ugo we're gonna have <laughs> Fuck hu- yeah, big bro. words well i mean I, look i've been i've been reading a shit ton of shonen manga at the oh, moment of course. That's, that's the next step i guess um i think the entire series of ugo is on the shonen jump app so like, <laughs> if you, you say the word john and i'll do this <laughs> i'll make this happen um and i also live around the corner from like a uh like a, a new like uh, anime store, board, no, a board game and card oh, game store. Right, they have Yu-Gi-Oh nights and shit. Oh, cool. Um, you know what? Is you've, Yu-Gi-Oh you've, the one you've that... talked me into this, John? <laughs> I fucked up so bad. Sorry, guys. My this fa- is, the, this my, is the last episode of all the smoke. My games. family are going to hate me, but nowhere near as much as they're going to hate you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, man. Like I, I, I knew this was going to be like there was going to be a level of polish on this that 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 was going to appeal to me. I did not think it would be as like new player friendly as it, it just it just throws you in and like you're just part of the game so quickly and like it you can you know you've played everyone's played an rpg before what can get 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 their head around how to you know str- do like how to strategize your, sure. the attacks and the you know your, your defense and stuff like that and then you like unlock all these different perks that are permanent for your run until you die. So, like, a, a, like a buffer will, will automatically enable itself as soon as you enter a battle, or, yeah. or like, you know, you'll you'll automatically get something that'll like block attacks for you know to a certain degree. Like a, um, and then it, even the enemies above their head, it, it shows you what their next move is going to be and how much damage it will take off you, so you can plan around that. Nice. It's just, it's just like a really friendly, yeah, but like complex, kind of complex card game nuance it's fucking cool and the, the the visuals are really cool the character designs are really good the music is like is nice yeah man like look you've sold me on this I, I'll, like, I'll yeah, snap it's, this it's up. 37 dollars, which is maybe a bit more expensive than that's, what that's three dollars below our thresh um, threshold but man like i i really i i can't see i mean unless you were just vehemently against um is that how you pronounce that word 
Vehemently. Yeah. Vehemently. I have a bad habit of, sure. pronou- of pronouncing words I've never heard said, but I've read countless times. I found out recently that I fucked up how to say pronunciation or pronunciation. What do you... I, I said whatever the wrong one I just said it's was. pronunciation, right? Yeah, was, yeah. you said like pronunciation. Right, sure. Something weird. <coughs> um, I do not talk to my wife, Joe about how I pronounce tiramisu. She gets <laughs> that is disgusting. Tiramisu, tiramisu, tiramisu. tiramisu. She gets so fucking yeah, angry fair at enough, me about right? it. Yeah, fine. <laughs> Shut up, Yu-Gi-Oh fan. Um, it's future Yu-Gi-Oh fan. Are you? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah look, this, this is you've. I will. I think this is one I'll wait for a sale because thirty-sevens. You also you you have a PC, and I'm sure it's Cheap significantly on cheaper Steam. on Steam. Yeah, but it's so much easier to play on Switch. It's a perfect switch game yeah it is one of those games that like if you are even like slightly interested in a card based game like i can just see myself getting so obsessed with this it, it almost feels like the way um uh into the breach took over so many people's lives yeah. last last year like that being like a really really amazingly simplified but deep yeah uh turn-based strategy game this seems to be like that but for card deck building games cool um, and you know, it's just man, so much fun. Yeah, I'm I'm super down. I'd say I'd add it to my my wish list on Switch, but the wish list is fucking useless. What I do is, yeah, I have a wish list that it's not so much a wish list. It's a, it's check it once a week to see if any of those games are on sale list. Yeah, I always forget to do that. That's yeah, the you thing. should do that. It would set an alarm. As, as we discussed, it would be great if like Steam does. You get an email going, hey, this yeah, game that on the wish would list rule. Is. Yeah. Sadly, not happening. There's a lot of things Nintendo need to fix about their, sh- their store. Yeah. But one, one other thing in Slay the Spire. So, like, in order to get some of, like, the coolest perks, it, you have to, like, be willing to part with a lot of your HP. Okay. Um, so, like, you'll land on a, on a spot on the map and it will be, like... You know, it is also it's a little bit of, like, a text-based adventure. Mm-hmm. It'll be, like, you know, um, you find yourself in, like, you know, a thorny altar and there might be a relic at the bottom of right. this thing but you have to grab your hand in and you risk hurting yourself in the thorns sure do you do it you're going to lose seven seven hp if you do it right. do it and i kept doing it and it was just chipping away at my health each time and i'm like fuck it i've come this far it's my first run i'm gonna keep it doing it. and then i got this awesome perk that like you know yeah gave me um like you know eight defense right every turn that's great um and you know, all I had to do was you know hurt yourself, hurt myself, like you know, lose more than half my HP. But <laughs> I like the little fun things like that, where it's like really like you know, are you going to play this one safe? Are you going yeah. to, you're like yeah, it'll be like, do you want to sleep here overnight, um, and and get thirty percent of your HP back, or do you want to spend the night working on your cards and you can upgrade your cards? So now instead of taking away. 7 HP from an enemy, this will take away 16. Yeah. You're like, oh, trade off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's like fun decision-making yeah, but, moments but in like a, that. Like, in a roguelike context where you almost choose like, this run I'm going to be conservative or this run I'm going to fucking go balls to the wall and make Yeah, totally. Choices. Like, yeah, I mean, like, like a game like Rogue Legacy or Dead Cells, when I die, I'm so frustrated. Yeah. But with this, I'm just like, oh, fuck it. Like, yeah. you know, even though I've only, I, I've, I've, I've only done three runs, I only started playing this today. Sure. Um, but I can just tell that this is going to be the game that I'm going to be playing instead of playing all the other like story-based games that I need to finish so I can you know talk about them in, right. in great detail on, on the show. But Jesus, you, man. You will be like when you have a run that gets you like two spots below the spire itself, you will be frustrated when you die. I mean, a game like Dead, there's something to be said about like making the first 30% of your game. I mean, I, look, who knows? Maybe I, I was lucky. Mm. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. But like there was, it seemed easy. And I think there's something to be said about make, you know, that's what, what all Nintendo games do. Mm. Like the, the difficulty doesn't ramp up until like beyond the halfway point in some sure. games, which I think is definitely too long. Mm. But like, you know, again, like Dead Cells, like it, it pushes you away. Yeah. I mean, Hollow Knight does the same. And like, I loved, I loved that. But like a roguelike game. Yeah. You want, you want to make progress. You don't want to, you don't want to likely, like, yeah. you don't I, want. I never made it past like the second area of Dead yeah, Cells. Yeah. Same as me. Yeah. Yeah. It just it, it beat my ass every time. <laughs> so I liked that I got like you know, I mean in what what could have been half the halfway point of the game. Who mm. knows? Yeah, um, and and I, I saw it, it ramps up significantly. Like you know the 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 boss that I died to was taking off, I think like thirty six HP off me, and I was only at one hundred and twenty HP at the time oh, right. with each attack. So I was like, I was definitely underpowered sure. because I had I'd been favoring attacks instead of defense stuff right of course good shit man i can i hope more people play this so i can just talk about it non-stop with people um tim if you're listening i think this is a game you have to buy so we can talk about it bro cool it's my running buddy nice <laughs> we ran a half marathon together good on you he, re- he finished 25 minutes 30 40 a significant amount of time faster than me so we didn't reckon to talk <laughs> you didn't running. Get the chance it wasn't the hangout session <laughs> i was hoping for <laughs> tim come come back man <laughs> um Cool. My next game uh, for discussion is the other game that I saw had come to Game Pass and Outer Wilds definitely drove the decision, but this game was a happy or a lucky kind of, hey, cool, that's there as well. It's called Void Bastards. Oh, so everyone is talking about these two in, in unison, like Outer yeah. Wilds and Void Bastards. Because like- they're, both, they're both, I mean, you could loosely group them as they're based in space. Uh-huh. Uh, making them sci-fi, I guess. They both is it is also an exploration game? No, oh. no. So, as far I'm not I'm not super deep into it because I gave it a bit of a taste and then went back to Outer Wilds because I was like bit of a lick. Yeah, mm. yeah, mm. delicious. Um, I haven't given it a fair suck of the sap yet. <laughs> <laughs> the worst Australian expression. Um, Cause it's it's a it's, they're, they're, it's referencing a battered sav, which yes. is a deep fried sausage. sausage. Which? Why would you suck a deep fried sausage? <laughs> on, on and not not just any suck. It's a fair fair. The, suck. the expression is so when you're like, give me a fair go, you say yeah. fair suck of the sav. I don't. Who's sucking say a deep fried sausage? I even have complete tangent. But on the way out here, I was listening was listening to the the, the golden oldie station WSFM. Jack and Diane came on. Love that song. I remember when I um, got off at uh, karaoke down the road from your house in Leichhardt, and it was like it was like karaoke, but it was in front of like a massive 
oh, like, yeah, yeah, audience yeah. and it was just like all locals like tearing it up on a Saturday night and I was like fuck yeah I'll get up there <laughs> and I did Jack and Diane by John Cougar Mellencamp <laughs> There's one line in it where it is sucking on a chili dog outside the Tasty Freeze. And I'm like, for just driving, letting my mind wander. I was like, is that the same as like sucking, <laughs> sucking down a chili dog would imply eating it. Sucking on well, the yeah, chili yeah. dog. Just having a little like, just, putting, just keeping it in my mouth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> keeping it warm. Just, just keeping the tip warm. Yeah. Um, anyway, back to it. So, gave. I guess if we have to. <laughs> Um, gave gave Void Bastards a bit of a go just to get a just to get a sense of it, a, a feel of it, um, what it's like. So you, the Void. You, how do I explain this? So basically, this giant spaceship, which is a penal colony called the Void Ark, has become stranded in the Sargasso Nebula. Uh-huh. And if you know your, if you know your kind of antique boating, the Sargasso Sea on Earth <laughs> is where a lot of ships became becalmed. If you know your antique boating. Yes. That's great. This is a wild episode. <laughs> um, anyway, so in order to, like, the ship is damaged in some way, shape, or form, and the AI... It has a on tattoo the- of the word damaged on, the, on its forehead. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, in order to effect repairs, the AI on the <laughs> ship has started waking up the the sort of prisoners on the ship and sending them out to explore this nebula and find um like find what you need to repair the ship like the first thing you need to do is kind of bypass some emergency systems which requires you to have like an id so you need to leave the ship and find an id printer and something else that will allow you to kind of activate a system very similar to Slay the Spire, you, you start at a point and then have directions that you choose to go. And each kind of journey requires fuel and food. You can choose to keep journeying or you can stop at these spaceships that you're visiting, board them, and essentially like either go hog wild and raid it or sneak around stealthily to try pick up items that will keep you on your journey. Um as when you go to him, when you go to sort of board these ships, it tells you what kind of enemies are on the ship and how many of them, like rough estimate of how many of them there are. Because you're a prisoner, you are pretty much under resourced all the time. Like you start the game with 48 bullets, and there's no guarantee you're going to find bullets as you go. Mm-hmm. So it just becomes this this balancing act of like, <coughs> do I have enough resources to keep going? If not, do I have enough resources to successfully raid this ship? Mm-hmm. And where you might score a ton of stuff, you might not get shit at all. Like, so it becomes this big kind of like, you get an idea of, um, again, when it tells you about the enemies, it tells you the sort of resources you can pick up on the ship. It might be like lots of bullets, some food, no fuel kind <laughs> of thing. When you board the ship, you generally have some kind of objective you need to fulfill. Like you need to, it'll say like you need fuel. So go and like go to a specific place and get fuel or get a part from a room or something. Once you've done that, you can exit the ship or you can continue to explore the ship and pick up as much resources as you want. So it's just, it's a very strategic kind of constantly making the decision of like, do I commit to like, I've got six bullets left, but there might be more cool shit in here. Do I commit to you potentially using these six bullets? Do I take a stealth approach? 
do I just get the fuck out because it's, it's, it's the same as me reaching my hand into the thorns for a relic yeah pretty much like, which may or may not be there describing as you were describing Slay the Spire I was like huh this is weirdly similar to the kind of structure of Voidbusters yeah the risk versus reward yeah. risk whatever the term is like you know that, that, sure. that is such a fun component of video games yeah. um, it's got a really like fun kind of cell shady art style um, a bit of a sense of humor about it as well I've seen some people, some reviews say that, like, it's fun from the start, but then the more you play, the more kind of repetitive and a little bit boring it gets. Right. And I can kind of see... I can see how that will Less work. void, more bastards, yeah, please. Yeah, exactly. Um, but as you as you explore, you can pick up parts that you can use to craft new weapons and that kind of stuff. So there's that, that definite progression and, you know, you're not just stuck with the same... Like, I ran out of bullets, but I had two other weapons that I hadn't touched yet. So mm-hmm. I flipped them and very quickly ran out of ammo for them as well. But it's a game that I think once I'm sort of through Outer Wilds, maybe I'll return to and, and give a, give a proper sort of like, let's see how far I can make it with this. This one, can you, like, does this one have an end point or are we just, are we just talking th- about like games that games may not that end? never end. <laughs> I think it does. I think like there, there would be a logical end point to it based on the story that it's developing. Mm. Um, yeah. Oh, if I find it, I'll let you know. Well, let's talk about a game that uh, that ended very quickly. Mm. Um, it was a, it was a nice petite little game. Yes, that we both played. Have you finished it? No, the uh, the elevator to the final bit is thrashing me. <laughs> uh, Gatto Roboto. Uh, it's uh, we, look. We, this is the furthest we've come in a, a, all the small games episode before, uh, without reviewing a Devolver digital game. Yeah, and I have a couple of Devolvers. So, <laughs> oh. Uh, Quick, quick, going back a sec. Void Bastards is developed by Blue Manchu, published by Humble Bundle, which I always find interesting that they're publishing. And you can get it Same on... Same as that as well. Uh, you can get it on Xbox, uh, Windows, and Mac. Right. Through Steam. It's on the Steam store. <coughs> Thank you. People always complain about yeah. it. That we don't... Sorry, guys. Sorry, everyone. That one person. Yeah. <laughs> our, our, he's a very devoted listener, whoever That's that is. huge... Re- look... It, we should do it. So, yep. respect to him for making sure. Uh, so, this uh, Gatto Roboto uh, has been developed by Doinksoft, <coughs> which is Doink. an incredible name for, Love a, it. for a company, uh, and published by Devolver Digital. Uh, it is a black and white... Uh, they, they describe it as a, as a Meowtroidvania. Initially black and white. Yeah, you, you get filters that can sure. make it... It's, two, it's a two-color game. Yeah. <coughs> Those colors may or may not be black and white. Yeah. It, it doesn't matter if they're black and white. Um, true. Thanks, MJ. MJV. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, Gatto Roboto, yeah, self-described Meowtroidvania. However, it's not very vania. It is just a straight-up Metroid um, parody or homage. Mm, yeah, that's fair. It's not very... I can um, see that. But, uh, yeah, so Gatto Roboto, you play as a cat. And if you haven't played a Metroid game before, which I assume you have never have, right? What? Have you ever played a Metroid game? No, no. Yeah. Not, not the original Nintendo like Super, ones, no. Super, Super Metroid or Metroid no, Fusion. No, no, none of them. Um, so, Metroid is uh, about Samus, who is in a big power suit, and her suit, um, al- like, basically, like, you unlock a whole bunch of abilities that allow you to backtrack and uh, reach new areas that you couldn't at the start of the game once you unlock them. There's a little bit of that in, t- in Ghetto Roboto. Well, I mean... The- like, purely when you get double jump. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but th- th- there's tons of Metroid, like straight up. Just this, this is a Metroid game sure. in which you play a cat, and instead of being able to roll into a ball, you can just jump out of the suit, the big mech that the cat jumps into, yeah. and you explore these areas as a small little cat. Mm. However, when you are a cat, 
Uh, and outside of your suit, you you can't take any damage. You'll you just die straight away. Yeah. But you, if you can find a little submarine, mm. you can uh, you can shoot with your submarine. Yeah, that's uh, one. Yeah, the fact that there are only two types of mech, I was a bit like, oh, I was expecting a few more. I love how like I mean I'm so used to playing Metroidvania games that are like bloated, like you know th- exactly yeah. like yeah I'm I'm I, I've, I've, I'm playing Castlevania Symphony of the Night for the first time this month and I finished. I've got the bad ending, right? But the good ending is the reveal that you're only halfway through the game. So I'm like halfway through all the post-game stuff now and it's significantly harder and it is just like that thing of like, you know, am I going to finish this? This is pretty big. But what I loved about this game is that it's very focused. Um, Your owner's spaceship crashes and he sends you out in a mech. He's he's trapped in his this crashed spaceship and he's like, well, you've got to do this for me, Kiki. Um, and so, like, yeah, like where where you would expect Samus's spaceship to be, your owner's crash spaceship yeah. is, um, and like you know, like the so the big thing about Metroid when it first came out on NES is that like games at that point you were so used to only being able to walk right, right. That Metroid was the first one where it was like you get to the end of as far as you can go and you walk right and it's a dead end, and then you're like, oh, what the fuck do I do now? Oh. I'll walk left. left and then you walk left and you get a power up and that's the, so the first power up you get in the game or the next sort of thing is when you, you, you walk left to get it sure it's not as riveting in 20, 2019 but uh, I, l- I like to think there were really conservative players that are like I'm not going left um, so this game feels like you know, I guess in, uh, in terms of like it feels very much like the 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 it feels like a Game Boy game, just in terms of yeah. the, the color palette. Yeah, um, aesthetic overall. So it does feel like it feels like Metroid 2. Um, but then uh, it also feels like Metroid Fusion because uh, in that game you were kind of guided towards, you were kind of pushed towards certain areas instead of it being like pure your own exploration and working out where to go next. Someone would come over your intercom and be like, you need to go here. Yeah. And it would show up on your map. And so, yeah, your owner is always telling you where you should go next, what you should do next so you can get to other areas. Like, you know, you need to you need to basically like get, get this um, space station online by yeah. like solving a bunch of problems with yeah. fighting you, some different enemies and you find the kind of central ai and the central ai is like <sighs> well i'd love to turn on for you but i have a problem here i have a problem here and i have a problem here go solve those problems yeah uh so you have like yeah if you've, if you've played a bunch of metro games which i have it'll it, it having it be a cat is just cute yeah and uh and and like little adorable interactions between the cat and the owner there's even the ui has a little when you're in the mech there's a little picture of the cat's face yes and the cat's expression changes when it's shooting and when it's jumping and taking damage and yeah, that. yeah and it's, it's always great. cute to see and like yeah your main the main uh, antagonist is a mouse who also yeah. has access to mechs yeah um and the ending is like hilarious as well like the full reveal of everything sure um but and there are there are like there is like you know small little patches of story that you get access to as you explore which i appreciated that's right yeah um, and that all that all builds towards towards the ending, like a downtrodden um, scientist and that kind of thing. Yeah, but if if you're if you're you know I, I like I love Metroidvania and Metroids and Castlevanias. I love that's like such a great genre of games that I love playing. And this is a a rare a rare one in that it's four hours long. Yeah, um, knock I, it over real quick. I think one of my friend my friend Connor finished with a hundred percent completion in five nice. hours. I got I think I finished with like eighty eighty nine percent or something. There's one ledge that I can't jump to. Right. I just went, fuck it, I'm finishing the game now. I'm not going to bother. Oh, I know this. which one you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. you've got to... Um, when you have, like, the the spin jump, you can yeah. jump, you can bounce off things. Yeah. 
<coughs> so you bounce off the hooks. Something. Oh no no no! I, I made it. The, I made it through that one. As of the enemies, all right. It's like, yeah, it's it's the the ledge you're jumping to is like the next screen over. Yeah. So it's kind of hard to properly aim the jump as you go. Right, anyway, yeah, sure. this is this is minutia. Yeah. Um, I really liked it. Yeah, it's fun. It's yeah. good. I mean, I, I got a code for it, and um, and uh, I, I I put it. I, I started playing it, and then I didn't put it down. And so I just I started I started and finished it within the, within the same four hours. Yeah, nice. And that's always fun to do. Yeah, it's I, really, it's a great afternoon of video gaming. Yeah, nice, nice, tight little experience. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so that's Gato Roboto. Um, yeah. we both played it on Switch, but yep. it's also available on PC through Hell Devolver yeah. Digital. And uh, the, oh, Doinksoft. That's Doinksoft. Right. And Doinksoft also developed um, something we forgot to talk about when we were talking about Devolver Digital's press conference. Yes, of course. You you gifted this to me on Steam, and I'm very thankful. I haven't had much of a chance to dive into it. So they've done a... a, a it's called Devolver Bootleg. Yeah. Um, and it is a bootleg collection of some of their biggest and most beloved games. Yeah. Um, so there's like... there's Instead of it being Hotline Miami, it's Hotline Milwaukee. Yeah. There's Ape Out Jr., um, Which is like a Donkey Kong clone. Yeah, uh, but you, you're killing things. Yeah, you are. You play as the ape. Um, Luff trousers, which is based on Luff trousers. Yeah, the, the um, shooter. A whole bunch of other ones that I can't remember what the. the, the so yeah, and, and the, the where Gato Roboto is a Metroid game. The the bootleg version is a Castlevania game, and you're 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 a, you're a cat with a sword, basically. Right. Um, yeah, very very kind of like. Very cheeky move from Devolver. Classic, um, classic them. Classic. Just yeah, classic. Just super classic. But um, yeah, like I said, I haven't. I, I gave I gave Ape Out Junior a quick try the other night. Um, I'm looking forward to diving in a bit further. Um, but yeah, also I think your your segue was also produced by or developed by Doinksoft. Yes, that's right. Which yeah. is rad, and also published by Devolver, obviously. Um, yeah, just just a weird, funny little like, and, and like they're, they're advertising it as it's one percent off on Steam yeah. right now. And normally, it's only available for PC, so I bought it for myself as well. And I was like, oh fuck, it, like, it doesn't work on my Mac laptop. Yeah, but it, that said, it probably wouldn't work very well anyway because yeah. my laptop sucks for games. Honestly, I think it would work fine because these are like they're flash games. I essentially. don't, I don't want to say it's the demakes because they're clearly like homages. They're to, meant to be kind of shit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I like it's it's it's, a, it's just like that that. That's a great, fun, stupid it, move. It yeah. took it took my not great internet like forty five seconds to download the whole game. Excellent stuff. Like it's it's ninety five megabytes or something like that. Right? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Awesome. Um, you said you played more Devolver games. Oh, you bet I did, and I'm about to get into another one right now. Uh, Swords of Ditto. So I've played this before. I think I talked about it like four episodes ago or something. Maybe even earlier. Yeah. yeah this is a very. I just, I remember, I mean, this is this came out like the month we started the podcast. I think. Yeah. For could PC. have been. Could have been a long while ago, and it was yeah. It was on. I bought it on Steam, and Steam. A, apart from the fact that I just don't really like playing games on my pc will if i have to shout out to katana zero pre-ban which out now yes yeah, yeah australia if, if you're in australia mention, and you want to play one of our favorite games of the year so far katana zero is out on the eShop. hell yeah get that shit but so um the one thing i noticed when i was playing it at the time was mad glitchy and some of the glitches game breaking and i was just like <laughs> mm, nope fuck this I, I can't be bothered yeah like i don't know it just didn't feel great Anyway, it came out on Switch uh, a couple with, of weeks ago. Yeah, a couple of weeks ago with an add-on. I think like it's now Swords of Ditto: The Curse of Mormo. 
I'm not sure what the add-on content is, which should have done some research on that, but whatever. Um, this time around, though, I've been having a lot of fun with it, especially since... Because um, the whole idea with Swords of Ditto is the the hero or the kind of... You don't upgrade your character in the game. You upgrade the sword. Mm-hmm. Because if you go to the final battle and die, then you have to wait... 100 years or 100 years passes before another person <coughs> worthy of wielding the sword comes around right and so i i kind of did my first run through died came back 100 years later and one of the things i really love about it is the world has changed in that 100 years like things are a lot more decrepit um you know places that used to be forests and now deserts technology is probably different uh a little bit the the enemies you fight are different certainly like some of them are familiar but new enemies are introduced um the sword is the same power it was when you die but suddenly everything's powered up a bit more like that kind of that mechanic of dying and coming back later and the world being changed made me go like oh shit this is actually a really kind of fun take on this thing um, I still think the, the combat's not really anything to write home about, but the more I got into it and the more I kind of... The unlocked, art style, so charming. Yeah, very super cute, really cute art style. Um, as I unlocked what are called toys that are actually like toys to a certain extent. You have like a record that you <coughs> can throw as a kind of boomerang projectile. Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's a yo-yo that you can kind of fling out and keep out there to keep causing damage. Once you unlock some of those, some of the combat options become, you know, more the fun. combat becomes a bit more fun, but the kind of vanilla combat's a little bit like... Vanilla. Yeah. Hit, hit, dodge. So, hit, so Mormo's Curse was an update that came to the PC version in May this year. Right, okay. And the, and the, uh, yeah, the Switch version obviously bundles together. Yeah. Everything. So what did, does it say what was in the update? Or? Uh, performance improvements mm-hmm. um, and bug fixes, plus new areas, new enemies, and new items. Yep, cool. That definitely checks out. It feels yeah. a little more full than it was. Um, so you like when when you when you are reborn, I guess, or become the sort of ditto. You have a limited amount of time to level yourself up before the final showdown happens, mm-hmm. and you can you can by activating like shrines to a god called Serendipity. You can buy yourself more time, which is cool. I've done that to. Um, just because I was like, oh, I'm at the level, I'm at the same level as Mormo, the main enemy. I'd like to be two or three levels above for the final fight, kind of thing. Um, yeah, I had a great, great time playing it. Haven't, haven't finished it. Haven't taken down Mormo yet, but looking forward to kind of jumping back in, taking another run at it. Yeah, the whole bunch. There's so many roguelikes, but yeah, most of them are pretty great. Yeah, this is. I mean, the art style really helps as well. It's really kind of fun. Have you ever finished a roguelike? No. Yeah. I don't believe so. Maybe, maybe this will be your first. I'm a rogue lightweight. Um, so another game um, that was on the shorter side, um, alarmingly so, um, called The World Next Door. Okay. The World Next Door is a, uh, a game developed by Rose City Games, and it is the first game published by Viz Media, who are a company better known for their distribution of manga and anime oh, in the West. You've just reminded me. Swords of Ditto is made by One Bit Beyond and published by Devolver Digital. Okay, great. Cool. Um, and... Uh, for Switch, PC, PlayStation 4, and <coughs> Linux. Uh, Viz Media, who published The World Next Door, also published Yu-Gi-Oh! Oh, for the Western this world. This is all tying together. <laughs> um, the World Next Door is uh, all about um, June, who is a, um, a teenage girl who um, 
one night is convinced by her friend to travel to this realm of magic and monsters. Oh. Um, and it's like this, this special night that you're able to do so. But um, she is kept there um, after an accident happens mm-hmm. in this uh, world of monsters um, that are like pretty much just like, like people except like they have like a, they're purple or, or they have like a horn, horns on their head or something like, you know, like they're sexy monsters. That's basically. racist. Um, and, uh, she is stuck in this monster realm with, and, and, and she finds out that like, yeah, humans can't survive in this monster realm. She'll die after a week of being there. Oh, nuts. So she needs to try and figure out a way to get back. And she needs to, but to do that, she needs to, um, basically, uh, Basically, defeat all these monsters using uh, these magic spells that that she's that she's learning in this monster world. Okay, <clears throat> the gameplay is <clears throat> kind of like this arcade puzzle where you. I mean, this is in an indie's um, uh, video ages ago where yeah, yeah, it, it's, yeah. you basically um, you rearrange runes on the ground, so you are walking around almost like a platformer. You pick up. You, you basically there's all these like different colored runes all over the floor, and uh, you move them around, and then once once three or more of them are in a row or, 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 or touching each other, you activate them and that attacks, sends a different attack. Like all the different colors initiate a different kind of attack. Okay. Um, and uh, so it is like yeah, this frantic, you kind of have to dodge enemies as they try and attack you um, while looking for the right combination of runes to in turn attack, attack them back. Right. It was combat wise, really fucking cool. Right. Like I love that so much. I actually quite enjoyed the story as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the ending isn't bad. It's just very abrupt. Um, and uh, the post-game content, like I loved the combat by the end of it. I was like, I wanted, I wanted to be tested mm. to like, you know, I, I wanted there to be like this endless mode or something like that. There is like, there's a, there's a two player mode that you get. That they've added to it now, but it's it's not online. Right. It is like a you know it's local. a local two player. I don't have like I don't think my wife or or, or children want to <laughs> learn a, a ruin a ruin puzzle game uh, to try and beat me at this. Maybe one day, um, but uh, it's the kind of game that I wish they just they. they <laughs> what they, if they, you're like you have to learn Yu-Gi-Oh <coughs> or rune based puzzle combat? It's one or the other, guys. Probably go for rune based puzzle. Or I'm, or I'm out of here. <laughs> Um, but like the art style is gorgeous. Um, the the writing is really fun. Uh, Hector uh, is my favorite character. Like this, like kind of fun, kind of boisterous, um, uh, like angry monster guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the ending the ending was a it wasn't a bummer. It was just kind of like oh, they're clearly setting up a sequel. Right. But I just wish there was more post game content you could have done. There are like certain things that you um, need to unlock in uh, like there's there's optional puzzles that you can do. There's a few like kind of less time based like it's it's not so much combat it's about like yeah working out the right combination of of runes to unlock. I'll look at the video to see the to see the combat if if my description of it is terrible. It, sure. probably, it probably is, but um, I think this game is like super charming. Um, I would actually like um, definitely recommend it to anyone who really loved that. Was it Adult Swim Battle Chef Battle Chef Brigade? Okay, it's that great mix of. Um, Did that ever wind up on Switch? Yeah, yeah, of course it's on Switch. Well, on PC, I, I should go buy it on Switch. <coughs> I never finished that. And maybe you know, maybe, maybe like the 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 four four three four hour runtime of the World Next Door is like is actually like the sweet spot for this kind of game right. because I feel like Battle Chef Brigade kind of dragged a bit and I just couldn't be bothered with finishing it. Okay. but like it is that great mix of like very gorgeous art, great storytelling, and fun puzzle mechanics. Sure. Yeah, I liked it. Cool. <laughs> it's on uh, PC and Switch. 
Oh. <coughs> Sorry, it's you winter. Good you good there, buddy? I'm asthmatic, so uh, that's why I cough a lot of my podcasts. Wait, really? It's like not asthmatic. It's, I'm asthmatic if I talk too much. Right, okay. <laughs> so maybe I should have less podcasts. Um, nah. Nah. Um, next up, speaking of puzzle games, I have a mobile game. Ooh, Ooh. rarity. Uh, look, excuse me, but uh, YouTube streamer Dr. Demento, or whatever the fuck his name is, said that mobile gamers aren't real gamers today on Twitter and set the internet alight with hot takes. Yeah, there was, there was actually there was a hot take like that. I'm sure there's on, one every on, week on Virtual Pals the other day. I know in our Facebook, very cool private yeah. Facebook gaming group. Yeah, um, which sent me into a fit of rage, but then I got over it because it's fucking Facebook. Yep. Um, Who said it? Ben Vanell. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> the truly, truly the the angriest man in there. Indeed. No, Morris. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ooh, that's a t- I'd love to see those two fight it out. Anyway. Um, Again, a long while ago, maybe, oh, I'd say second or third ep, I was raving about a game called Little Nightmares, uh, which I kind of compared to Inside in that you play a, a young young child navigating this very dangerous situation. In the, in the case of Little Nightmares, it was a ship called the Moor. Um, very kind of creepy, very atmospheric, very odd game uh, that I loved. I think it made my Game of the Year list at the time. They, uh, a studio called Alike Studios, has made a iOS version and probably Google, whatever the Google store, Android as well, yep. uh, called Very Little Nightmares, which essentially acts as a prequel to the, the bigger game, Little Nightmares. You play as the same character, the girl in the yellow raincoat, mm-hmm. but this time you're exploring a, a large kind of mansion slash palace called The Nest. This girl loves raincoats and nightmares. She does. She just loves to get in bad situations, doesn't she? But she's always prepared for rain. Yeah, true. Um, it's it's fun. It, like I've been enjoying it so far. One thing I kind of am a bit bummed is the wrong word, but like one thing that disappoints me a little bit about it is that it doesn't have the same atmosphere as the bigger game. Right. Like the bigger game there was was based so much on darkness and like trying to navigate through these these kind of very scary locations with barely any light, just what you're carrying with you. Mm-hmm. In this game it's all the locations you're traveling through are very well lit. Um that being said, it does have some very cool kind of like in in Little Nightmares, you didn't. There wasn't combat so much as you were just trying to avoid these much larger inhabitants of the ship, mm-hmm. and they were all very creepy. Like there was a handyman character with like super long arms, <laughs> right, and like a blindfold on. He'd feel his way around and stuff. Like really weird, sort of unsettling. Um, there is there's a character like that in this mobile game where it's like a butler who's telekinetic and his hands are like locked behind his back permanently in this thing. That's but great. He can use his telekinesis to attack you and all this kind of stuff. Um, yeah, it's just it's a really nice, it was a really fun kind of puzzler, like not overwhelmingly difficult, but enough to make you feel like when you when you get past something, you're like, oh, cool, I made it. That's great, sort mm. of thing. Um, yeah, it looks, I, it was similar to Monument Valley in no. gameplay. No, right. It's hold on. I'll, I'll I'll see if I can find you. Well, it looks like I'm showing him the. Oh God. Are, are you like? Are you moving her around with your finger, or are you, you, you tapping? Tap, you. It's sort of like the the environments are almost grid like. Like there's not a grid on there, but right. you can kind of see the grid. Um, 
and you tap to move her, you double tap to run. <coughs> any any items you can interact with are highlighted so you can like Yeah, cool, sounds fun. So once I just get past this, just give him a taste. But yeah, I'd say I'm maybe three quarters of the way through it. Yeah, I cool. got I got stuck at one bit because it's like I swear I'm timing this right, but it's just not happening. So yeah, like that. You kind of tap and yeah, right. Double Sweet. tap to run. Um, yeah. So if you if you played Little Nightmares, I definitely recommend it as a like cool. They made more sort of stuff in this universe. And if you just like puzzle games on your phone, this is a bit meatier than your usual puzzle game. Very mm-hmm. enjoyable experience. Yeah. Cool. Um, so uh, I have been playing a new Nicholas game, um, N-I-C-A-L-I-S, uh, best known for being the publishers of Cave Story mm-hmm. um, and a lot of other games that we've enjoyed. Uh, Terror Blaster? Uh, yeah, I love that one. Nice. On, uh, on all this. Oh, no, they didn't publish that one. That's just, that's oh. the same developer as Cave Story, though. Right. Yep. <laughs> I was about to feel like, I'm smart. Like, <laughs> I'm not smart. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, Nicholas, uh, a really cool and interesting publisher, and uh, they have uh, brought together a lot of their characters in a new... Um, puzzle Fighter game. Mm. Have you played a Puzzle Fighter? Is that like... I, I've seen those Street Fighter puzzle ones where it's almost Tetris-y, like, match three kind of thing. And yeah. You build up things and then Ryu shoots a fucking... Exactly. So, so it's not really about the fighting. When you right. clear a line or whatever, th- th- then they do a, a move. An attack. Sure. So really, all you're doing is, is concentrating on the puzzle and then the... the There's a cool little the characters. Animation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, like, it's fun wallpaper. Yeah. So Crystal Crisis um, is... Uh, a new game through Nicholas. Um, it's a puzzle fighter. Um, and uh, the puzzle game itself is uh, quite similar to like Puyo Puyo. Okay. But the main draw card of this is the character roster, which includes um, characters from Cave Story, Astro Boy, Blackjack, um, Code of Princess, A Thousand and One Spikes, The Binding of Isaac. Ooh. Um, the pen- uh, then, the- then there's some weirder ones like The Tempura of the Dead, Akuji the Demon, Hydra Castle Labyrinth and Johnny Turbo. None um, of those are ringing bells. Yeah, Johnny Turbo is a guy who uh, he uh, publishes like older arcade games on on Switch. Okay, he's like if you ever look up Johnny Turbo on Switch, you're like, oh right, he's responsible for all these games being here. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, so the the the, the puzzle itself, um, it's have you ever played Puyo Puyo? No. So it's it's not oh, about. I think, I think I played it once at your place, and it was a very confusing experience. So it's it's less about like putting the the shapes together um and and clearing lines like a uh like like a tetris this is more about like so yeah when you um when you put uh i think it's like four of the same same color together um let me just double check that um details details very very important Mm. um so yeah the d in podcast stands for details oh that's right there are these little crystals so yeah crystal crisis is like you, you basically put um, blocks of the same color together, and then when you land a crystal of the corresponding color um, onto the block, it clears all of that color okay. that it's t- that it's touching. Um, and uh, what's cool about this is that, um, like, so you have like co- blocks of two blocks like together, one of them, one of each color. Um, you can split them by going halfway across. So, like, in in the same way that if you go. You know that games where you, if, if you go to the right of this, if you go off off screen to the right, you then appear on the left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you split the 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 block to the right, off screen to the right, it appears on the left. Okay. So you can you can split blocks that way. Cool. Um and uh, yeah, like all every, all the all the characters have like their own unique moves, but this is all about 
yeah, like um, not nece- you don't necessarily want to get that line. Like, you know, when like, you know, the, the aim of Tetris is to like, you want to have that perfect stack. So you're ready for the, the long, the long brick. Yeah. So you can clear four at a time and get a Tetris. Sort of Tetris is when you clear four, four lines at once. Sure. This is like, you want to have, you want to rack up combos. So you want to have like a bunch of green bricks hovering over the top of a bunch of blue bricks, hovering over the top of a bunch of red bricks. So then when you blow the red bricks, the green bricks fall on the green crystal, the blue bricks fall on the, and then you have like combo, combo, combo. And then your character blasts the um, your, your opponent. Okay. Um, it's, it's really, really fun. It's tricky to get your head around, mm-hmm. but I imagine if you are used to Puyo Puyo, this will be a natural uh, fit for you. Um, it's pretty forgiving um, because you have... Um, each character has attack moves and defense moves. Mm-hmm. So you can have, uh, if, if you are like getting fucked up and like, you know, just getting hit with, hammered with um, blocks from your opponent, you can do a defense mo- move and like, you can like blow a bunch of uh, bricks out of your, out of your screen. Cool. So like, you don't have to worry about them or whatever. It's fun. It's really fun. The character roster is great. The, there's a story mode, which is really fun and wacky and puts all these characters together. Right. Uh, it's got Japanese voice acting. Um, it's, it's, it's a really, really fun game. Um, cool. And uh, it celebrates a lot of um, uh, Nicholas games. Um, and yeah, then with like a, a, bun- a fun, Bind- fun character of like in indie games too. Is Binding of Isaacs not Nicholas? Yes. It? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. it is. Yeah. Oh, shit. Uh, Shovel Knight okay. isn't, but Shovel Knight is in this game too. They, their aim from the get-go was get Shovel Knight into ma- as many indie games as possible. Yeah, totally. Which, shout out to them. Yeah, definitely. Um, what are you excited about? I, <laughs> this sounds terrible. There's a Leisure Suit Larry game that's just released on Switch. Don't get it. Please don't get it. Are you going to get it? Actually, you no. should get it. Get it. If you get La- Leisure Suit Larry, I'll get into Yu-Gi-Oh. It's only fair. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, both, we'll both be horrible perverts in our own little way. Um I got one. I got one more game on yep. stuff I've I've played around with this month. I haven't mm-hmm. necessarily gone too deep into it for reasons that I'll outline. Uh, the game is called American Fugitive. Uh, it's published. It's developed by Fallen Tree Games Limited and published by Curve Digital. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think what else Curve Digital's. They do tons of games. Human Fall Flat, Bomber Crew, yep. Stealth Inc., Smoke and Sacrifice, Flame in the Flood. Interesting. Manual Samuel, <laughs> Serial Cleaner. Yep, cool. Update. They publish a lot of stuff. Yep. Yeah. Um, so American Fugitive, you play a small-time thief who discovers, like, who gets called to his dad's house to discover he's been murdered and he gets framed for the murder and sent to jail. He then breaks out of jail with the intention of clearing his name and finding out, like, gaining revenge on the person who killed his father. Hell yeah, bro. Um, the game itself plays, like, it's sort of, I would call it, I mean, the closest reference I'd have is, like, Diablo, maybe, mm-hmm. in terms of that, like, isometric top-down free roam kind of thing. Sure. But the game itself is basically Grand Theft Auto. Oh. Um, like you, you break out of jail and go to your brother's house and your brother's like, look, I'll protect you, but you got to do favors for me. So he sends you out to, you know, go run this rival criminal's car off the road. The police are bugging me, steal their police car and crush it in the car crush because the brother yep. lives in a junkyard. And then <laughs> someone else shows up and is like, hey, I have information about what happened to your dad, but you got to do favors for me before, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. My issue was it that I got about an hour and a half, two hours in and then went, wait a minute. I stopped playing GTA because I hated this structure of like, go here, do something. Go, sure, like, yeah, yeah. do me favors, do this, do that. Like, oh, just, just, you know, 
it shat me that I became an errand boy. And I very quickly went like, oh, I'm a fucking errand boy in this game as well. Like, at least with GTA, there's a billion other things you can do. Like, this is very sort of, you know, smaller in scale, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, do you like, like, side quests in RPGs? Or you don't really play many RPGs? I don't, I don't mind them. Sure. But it's got to feel like... It's got to feel like a meaty bit of story sure. to a side quest. Yeah, it can't yeah. just be like... I wish I had 50 tires. Go get me 50 tires. Fuck <laughs> off. Um, so, yeah, it, it, not, not to, I'm not shitting on the developer and the publisher. I'm not shitting on Fallen Tree Games. I'm not shitting on Curve Digital. If, if you like that kind of crime story sandbox kind of game, definitely give American Fugitive a look on Switch. Uh, I believe it's also out on, it's on Switch, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Windows. Um, I mean, I'd say if you have a Switch, lean towards something like this. If you've got an Xbox or a PlayStation, you're probably already playing a GTA game. Mm-hmm. Just play that. Yep. Um, it just, I just wound up a little bit into it and was like, oh, this isn't for me. Uh, which was, which kind of, I was bummed about. It looked cool in the sort of on the eShop. Mm-hmm. But then I was like, meh, no. Yep. Um, so I've got a, uh, a couple of games that, uh, I've, uh, I've been playing. Um, oh, you that... outplayed me this month. I always outplay you, bro. You son of a... No. Oh, no, I mean, I, I was, I was like, like figuratively. Right. Not in games. <laughs> I was gonna like, I was, I was gonna actually, I was gonna go with you outplayed yourself. Right. Nice. And maybe another day I will. <laughs> um, so uh, another Nicholas game that, uh, I've been playing is, um, one that is a, uh, futuristic racer. Uh, in the uh, in the realm of games like uh, Wipeout or um, F Zero, okay, um, yeah. which are two franchises that I know everyone would love new entries in, but sure. uh, you know when 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 the big devs don't give them to us, the small devs have got to come in and do homages <laughs> to them. And uh, Red Redout came out for PC in 2016. Um, it's now on um, Switch. on Switch, um, and uh, I know a lot of people love um, Fast RMX. Um, which is uh, almost like a clone of um, of F Zero, but uh, Redout is very different in that when you drive, one one of the sticks is for steering, the other one is for drifting. So you played one 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 track just now. You yes. one race. Yeah. Um, it looks. I mean, it looks just like Wipeout or F Zero, sure. but the mechanics are, are pretty different. Like that that the drifting mechanic. Yeah. You, you won't make some of the sharp turns unless you unless you utilize the drifting mechanic. I, I died three times in this <coughs> one track just because it's the sort of game where I'm like, I wish I'd. Sp- like obviously i'm just having a quick play of it at your place but if i sat down and had a tutorial and learned how to properly handle corners and stuff like that i reckon it'd be pretty damn fun yeah no definitely there's a lot of depth there's a lot of tracks um uh and it is is, again another game that i'm just gonna enjoy having on my um on my switch um to you know check in with yeah pop into every once in a while um it's cool it's It's, yeah some of those That's, that's my uh that's my spin tires or Mud Runner, a Mud Runner. game. Fucking you, you, you and you, your Mud Runner. You race fast spaceships. I have slow Russian logging trucks. <laughs> um, so I've also been uh, making drinks, and oh um, uh, yeah, in a little game called uh, Valhalla, but Valhalla is spelt V A dash one one Hall dash A. Yeah. Um, and uh, Valhalla is a um, a cyberpunk bartender action game, um, in which you play a um, uh young person who is working as a bartender um and uh you have to mix drinks um and 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 take people's orders and while they're drinking those drinks they tell you their life story and you have a conversation with them and it's so it's like a cross between like a visual novel and uh like a kind of fun like arcadey 
bar- bartending yeah. drink mixing game, um, which it that sounds really strange, but it it, it flows it really naturally. Well. I'm very early on in the game. I'm going to try and finish it by the next episode. But uh, look, the concept of it is really is really cool. It's um it's it's been uh, published by uh, Yisbrid. Y S Bird Games, Y S B R Y D Games. They gave us um, twenty sixty four read only memories. Okay, earlier this year as well, last year as well, um, and uh, it's uh, been developed by Sukaban Games and Wolf Game. Uh, yeah, like the the visual style is really really gorgeous, like kind of like pixelated anime, um, and uh, the writing is 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 really 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 decent like great dialogue i know you were kind of reading over my shoulder yeah it's pretty compelling like it is like yeah it, it, it I, I was desperate to get to a save point um so i could save my game and then show you uh, a certain other game that i'm not allowed to talk about because of an embargo uh i never saw any embargo the game you know <laughs> <laughs> you have actually you, you've, you've played the demo of this so i have you, you can talk about playing it but i can't yeah <laughs> um but uh in fact I, I've, I've been loving this game that i can't talk about and i knew that i couldn't talk about it and i kept playing it and i'm like god damn it you have so many other games that you should be playing instead <laughs> that you can talk about um but uh, we'll, we'll next start, next month we'll I'll, start with that one next month yeah definitely because I, I, it's the one that you're looking forward to as well yeah but uh yeah i uh i i'm i'm, I'm quite quite hooked on uh, on on valhalla and i'll uh, in- intend to finish it by the next episode it it sounds i mean i haven't played it but it's a game i've been wanting to play called the red strings club yeah it's you, another devolver joint you, you play as a bartender who's kind of you mix drinks i think that elicit certain emotions in people oh cool and they release they can give you information based on that yeah um so yeah um look go mix some drinks on on, on your switch yeah um finally um it's it's it, Coming out tomorrow is um, Cadence of Hyrule. I was just, I'm actually scrolling through the the Ish store now, eShop now, to see what's coming out. And I just was like, oh shit, Cadence of Hyrule. And that's a uh, remarkable um, uh, feat in that a indie game, uh, indie, indie developers are making a game with Zelda characters in it. Um, mm. And so that's uh, a game by the guys who made Crypt of the Necro Dancer. Um, they are called uh, Brace Yourself Games. Um, and. Uh, they're a Canadian um, studio, um, and Crypt of the Necro Dancer is like a roguelike dungeon crawler game where it's also a rhythm game. Yeah. So you, every every movement you have to make has to be set to a beat on the beat, including your attacks, including everything else. Yeah. Um, and <coughs> I've, I bought that game a while ago, and I played it for like half an hour, and I was just terrified of it because right. I was so bad at it. Um, and then didn't pick it up again, and I was like, you know what? I really want to try Cadence Hyrule because I imagine a rhythm-based game with Zelda music will be really, really great because sure. Zelda has some of the best music in the world. Right. <laughs> so I gave this game another chance um, and I went. I got pretty far in it. Like I, I played for about two hours. Um, but I have to admit, um, while playing, I never fell into a comfortable rhythm with the game. Interesting. Um, and I, it still feels like a daunting game to me to pick up again. Uh, can, you, can you adjust the tempo? <clears throat> I never tried, but I don't think, I'm not sure. That's it, but like, it just like I don't know. I never, I never felt like I knew entirely what I was doing while right. I was playing it, and that okay. is a really uneasy feeling when you're playing a game. Sure, not a criticism, maybe a criticism of my brain more than the game. Yeah, that's. But it sounds like the Cadence of Hyrule is going to be a somewhat simplified version of what Crypt of the Necro Dancer does. Okay, so maybe it'll be a lot more user friendly, like you know, new, less rhythm inclined, people friendly. Right. <clears throat> Which is a weird thing for you to say, considering you're a DJ. DJs don't need rhythm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I have Serato for that. Um, yeah, so you never got that moment that like 
I get oh, it now. Oh, well, I'm good at this. At no point did I feel competent right. at okay. while playing. Um, yeah, so those are all the games I've been playing in the, over the last few weeks, plus the game I can, the game that shall not be named. Of course. Um, we have a couple of emails to get through before the end of the show. This has been an incredibly good and long episode. Mm, meaty. Meaty. Um, where are you? I had the email. Email. Well, in the meantime, I was just looking through what's coming up. Soon. Ooh, 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 ooh. Oof! So, who, who did that again? Space Hog, baby. Space Hog in the God nighttime. damn, that's a good song. It's a great song. Um, hell of an end. Um, yeah, I was just looking through what's coming up in the next month. Um, I mean, there's a weird looking like there's a weird looking game called Verlet Swing, which is like this odd sort of vaporwave aesthetic. Um, almost like cluster truck, I guess. Okay. Like, like first person. What is this? This is not what I want. Uh, like first person sort of platformer. I'm excited for Cadence of Hyrule, and um, I hope I hope we get. Uh, obviously, my my friend Pedro my friend is Pedro. just around the corner as well. Yep, that's coming up very soon. I think I've got a um, pre-order already. Twentieth. Uh, yeah, right. Twentieth so, of June. Very soon. Next less week. Than a week. Thursday next week, I believe, or fucking Friday, because that's when my Switch updates the store. Other than that, there's nothing, nothing super catching my eye, which means I'm sure look, a, something could come out. Yeah, totally. There's a bunch of they're, they're not they're not too <gasps> shadow drops. Shadow drops. Oh Do you reckon God. we could cop any tomorrow during the Treehouse Nintendo? Possibly. Possibly. That yeah. would fucking slap. Yeah. You know what else fucking slaps? Everyone, Email. everyone who sends emails Hell to yeah. all the small games at gmail dot com. Um, and that includes a, uh, a developer whose game we've talked about on the show, and that is Oscar Britton. I uh, uh, love Oscar Britton. Developer of uh, Desert Child, which we spoke about at the end of last Big year. Big shout out. Um, he says, hey guys, love the show, but after last, last month's episode, I'm a little spooked. I had what? just bought the Friends of Ringo Ishikawa when Levins began raving about it, and then I jokingly yelled out to my stereo, yo, shout out Desert Child, just as John recommended people pick up Desert Child. Later, I sat down with my PS Vita and booted up Persona 4 Golden, only to hear the words, maybe I'll take my Vita and play Persona 4 Golden from Levins. <laughs> anyway, I wanted to write in to say thanks for the shout out, and also recommend some small games to you and your listeners. Hell yeah. <coughs> John, you should play Hypnospace Outlaw law on steam it's an adventure game that styled like the internet in 1999 you visit oh. web pages gather clues infect your pc with viruses etc yeah i've heard about this it's real fun and i highly recommend it thank you oscar um for levens i recommend bleed 2 on switch which is a stylish side-scrolling action game that is kind of like meat boy and bayonetta fuck yeah had a hideous baby seriously <laughs> imagine that baby <laughs> just like a hot bikini clad high-heeled Gun-toting. Meat. Yeah. (laughs) Now kiss that baby. (laughs) Um, For the both of you to play together, I recommend Deity Driving. At the very least, watch the trailer. This was my game of the year last year. Deity Driving. Uh, Yeah, so look it up. Deity Driving, everybody. Okay. Um, Anyway, here's to another 12 episodes. All the best, Oscar. Thanks, Oscar. Thanks, Oscar. Everyone play Desert Child. Play the shit out of it. It's great. (coughs) Actually, that's got some really good soundtrack stuff on it. Oh man, that's some great sound. Yeah. You should play a song from that. World's earlier. World's Fastest Pizza, huge jam from that song. Oscar, send us a soundtrack to um, Desert Child. Yes, please do. Um, Mark Smee writes in and says, "Dear John and Andrew, I've been listening to all the small games since episode one. <laughs> I had my normal thing of who the fuck's Andrew, yeah. <laughs> and I love the podcast. It's a real treat every month. You're mm. welcome, Mark." 
Uh, I've played lots of great Switch games based on your recommendations. Hollow Knight, Ape Out, A Night in the Woods, Celeste, Bomb Chicken, loads more. Recently, I picked up a whole bunch more. Valhalla, Ringo Ishikawa, Time Ooh. Recoil. Oh, Time Recoil is like one of my like most underrated games on the Switch. Is that the twin stick one? Yeah, I fucking yeah. love that game. Yeah. Uh, the Messenger, Guacamelee 2, SteamWorld Dig 2. I can't wait to get into them. Oh, fantastic so, choices. Um, that's a good rest of your year sorted. Hell yeah. Just wanted to say thanks for the podcast and give a shout out to a game called Strikey Sisters. It's a breakout Arkanoid style brick, brick breaker in which you also have to fight monsters and beat bosses and stuff. Cool. It's got some nice sprite work and it's a great co-op game. You can get it on Switch or PC. I've Skip the cutscenes though because they're rubbish. I fucked with Arkanoid so heavy. Oh, yeah, I was bre- a kid. Breakout I l- too, yeah. yeah. I love Arkanoid. <laughs> There's an amazing Arkanoid game on your phone called, I think it's called like Space Invaders versus Arkanoid and it combines them both of them. Oh, shit. Okay. So it's like, yeah, the, the Space Invaders are coming down yeah. and you have to like, yeah, like break bricks to attack them that's fucking dope. fun very yeah. cool um that's, that's a great great genre of game brick, yeah brick breakers uh yeah I'm, I'm totally gonna check out strikey sisters that's a funny name too i like that is that does he say what it's on uh it's yeah it's on switch, switch. or pc cool and very important skip the cutscenes because they suck right i'll be the judge of that uh finally we have uh return uh emailer uh tyler oh, fuck i black 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 blackware blackware yeah let, Tyler, us, let us know how to Tyler, pronounce your name next Tyler time. B. <laughs> it's pronounced pronunciation. <laughs> uh, hey, good boys. The other day I was thinking about top tier Switch games and the different genres they fall into and was trying to figure out if there are any genres where the Switch is missing an A-plus indie game. We've got things like Celeste, Platformers, Hollow Knight, mm-hmm. Metroidvania, etc. But does the Switch have a killer rhythm game or a puzzle game? For me, there was a turn-based strategy hole that was recently filled quite quant- contently by Wargroove into the breaches obviously there as well before but it was different than t- traditional turn-based stuff are there any genres you guys like that are missing a must-have title or a less extreme version of of the question are there any genres you'd just like to see more of on switch cheers dudes tyler that's a it's <laughs> a big question so i've been playing my 3ds a lot lately sure because there is a game on it uh called rhythm Rhythm Heaven Megamix mm-hmm. or Rhythm Heaven, whatever. It's called Rhythm Paradise in, in Australia and Europe. Um, Rhythm Heaven is a long-running uh, Nintendo franchise, which are all these weird... It's the same team that make the WarioWare games. Okay. Um, and uh, they're like weird rhythm mini games. And I love them. They're so fun. They're so like just like just absolute joy joy to play. I think they technically count as a small game too, right? Because um, they are like you know a bunch of small games. Sure. Um, and the WarioWare format of like a whole bunch of like hilarious micro games mm-hmm. just coming at you at rapid speed. It always baffles me that like an indie developer. I know Adult Swim did. There's a, they have a. Um, they did their take on one, and you can get it on iOS. Yeah, I think of it's like you're running a theater or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I've played that one. <clears throat> um, what the fuck was that called? Um, but uh, it's it's surprising to me that more indie developers haven't tried to do games like that. Yeah, fast fast paced. Yeah, and and there's not a Rhythm Heaven or a WarioWare game on Switch right now. So if any indie indie dev wanted to fill that void, um, that would be great. Fill that void, bastard. Um, <coughs> I'm trying to think what, like. If we're talking specifically small games, yeah, I don't know if there's a really good first-person shooter. I mean, yeah, but like, do you want to play a, an indie game version of a first-person shooter? 
I mean, it's not impossible. Yeah. I would love like a, like actually they they put is Stanley Parable on Switch yet? No, they got announced for it. One? Yeah, it is coming. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. That's fucking awesome. I I I'm looking forward to reviewing that game on this. I played it like I I threw it on my PC the other day just to play it for a bit and was like, damn, this is so good. So well narrated. Yeah. Um. I mean, the the funny thing is, I'm so used to this this podcast has me thinking outside the box in terms of genres so much. Sure. Like I'm not I'm not sitting there going like, "Oh, I wish I had X genre on here." I'm more kind of busy going, "Oh shit, someone made a Metroidvania cross with a pinball." Like Yeah, yeah, totally. Incredible, yeah, that yeah. kind of thing. Like I I feel like it's almost a case of going I I want games to break me out of that genre cycle. Yeah, I would love um uh more shorter RPGs like Undertale. Okay. Like I I think I you know RPGs, JRPGs are so frequently like, you know, 30 plus hours long. Um, having a five hour long Undertale experience was so refreshing and cool. And I would love that in my life more. Peter Panic. Peter Panic is the That's name of the, the name Adult of the Swim yeah. WarioWare title. And it's free to play. But if you want to save, you have to pay for an upgrade. <laughs> <laughs> Great monetization yep. there, Adult Swim. Um, yeah, hopefully my wise in the moment answer has satisfied you, Tylee B. Yep, and if it doesn't, you and everyone else can email us at allthesmallgames at gmail.com. Of course, you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash allthesmallgames, and on Twitter at allthesmallgame. If you want to follow us individually, we are at 16tacos for John and at levdog for me. Um, and of course, uh, on Instagram, on those handles too. Yep. Um, if you want to hear me talk about E3 even more, um, I did a big bumper episode of Hey Fam, my, other, my weekly podcast with Angus Truscott uh, this week, which is all over wherever you find podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, next week, I'm recording the final episode of Serious Issues for a long while because oh, really? my co-host Siobhan Coombs is about to have a baby. Oh, of course. Another baby. So, Dang. Um, uh, listen, listen to those podcasts if you like games and podcasts. So oh. games and comics. Yeah, obviously and podcasts. You like podcasts. Yeah, sure. Yeah, why not? Great app. Great talking to you, Levins. A perfect episode. Wonderful. Thank you so We're much. We're both sober for this one too. <laughs> Maybe that's the key. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thanks so much for listening and uh, play tons of small games over the next month, and we'll see you very soon. See you guys. Bye.